0: Okay, everybody, let's take it from the
1: top. To all who come to this happy place,
2: welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, welcome back to Disney Plus Us, where every other week we take a look at another piece of content on that there Disney Plus streaming service. With me, as always, is my wonderful, amazing, talented co host who will never accept the praise. You've got to start accepting the praise, Mitch. How's it going?
1: You can't make me do anything I don't want to do willingly.
2: (laughs) I will make you accept it unwillingly. I'm not sure how to do it.
0: (laughs) And with us this week, special guest, Matt, how's it going? I'm good, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here to walk with you guys. And yeah, let's throw some more compliments over at Mitch to make him feel more uncomfortable about oh, it. Awesome. I'm
1: already uncomfortable enough as it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's Chaos. funny? I mean every word I say. He I knows do. it too. I do too. Now this this week we're talking about Eternals. We're back on mm. the Marvel train, boys.
1: I'm sorry, you bring me on as a co-host, and half of the content we do is gonna be Marvel. I can't stop the MCU train, alright? <laughs> do you even want to at this point? Just just let
0: yeah. us all be part of the MCU.
1: We train. got Moon Knight leading right into Doctor Strange, presumably mm-hmm. leading right into She-Hulk, leading into Thor in July, leading into Miss Marvel, leading into Black Panther, if that comes out, leading into the Marvels. There's so much goodness coming this year, and I cannot wait to consume it all and chat about it here and all over the Twitterverse with y'all. Uh, at D plus us is where you can find the show. Uh, and I talk about this stuff way too much.
2: One of these days I'll get my <laughs> tangled episode. One of these days we'll go back to Disney proper movies. I'm down.
1: <laughs> like, you give me a Disney property and we'll do it. Like, even if you want to go decom for a couple of weeks, like, I'm good.
2: Yeah, we've we've had a weirdly large amount of decoms on this show. I think this is Disney plus us. I just want I gotta get better about saying this at the top of the episodes. Remember folks, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends. Tell your grandma to listen to our show.
1: Even if grandma won't listen, at least borrow her phone, and if it has iTunes on it, great. Go and drop us a five-star review and say Griffin's great and Mitch has some work to do. Or if on they've Spotify If have got Spotify <laughs> installed, yeah, they don't have an iPhone, go and pull up their Android Spotify complicate. I don't even know how Android works these days, but pull up somewhere <laughs> that you can say Disney Plus Us doing great stuff. We really do appreciate it, and it really does mean a lot and go a long way.
2: Also selfishly, I just realized Spotify has reviewed now. Like as I was looking at the
0: podcast <laughs> that I listened to, I was like, "Wait, what?" I reinstalled
1: I, Spotify just to review this show.
0: I already hit you guys with that five stars. So you, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So
2: I—it's that like all, all, easy. All of the people should. Okay, this is the trick. We just get all of our guests to come on and It's <laughs>
1: why it's a guest-driven show. As long as we remind people and guilt them into dropping <laughs> that review, it only gets better.
2: There you go. But let's talk about Eternals. Let me run through the general stuff. Directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, based on the Eternals, created by the one and only Jack Kirby. I love you, Jack Kirby. You're amazing. Um, starring Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Camille Nanjani, and so many more. Uh, but I especially want to shout out to oh. Harrington and Angelina Jolie. And Kit Harrington. And Kit Harrington. Okay, I really like Kit Harrington, guys. He's coming back. We're out. not
1: going to do the thing that I always do when we start at the post-credit scenes and work our way back. We're not doing but it. We went there, and there were a lot of implications set up for his character specifically, and I'm so for it.
2: Uh, run time of 156 minutes. Uh, budget of 200 million. I really thought this would have gotten a bigger budget. Given the um, cast,
1: you would think, yeah.
2: Exactly. Box office of 402 million dollars
1: not bad a lot yes. of people i talk to think this 156 minute movie could have been like 56 people are like oh yeah you can trim like an hour off this and i don't know how you could Where? you could trim a good amount of i this, don't but... think so i so it wouldn't be as is... good a movie I'm, I'm gonna like i don't know how we're gonna fall in terms of our opinions i think we can kind of get into that now i'm i'm an apologist for this movie i absolutely love this movie this is probably like For me, mid-tier MCU, which is still a great movie, Uh, I think a lot of other people will have talked about it and said, no, it's kind of down near the bottom, and people talk about rankings too much when it comes to Marvel, and we're not going to get into that. But at least for me, I feel like they take enough time to explore the individual characters and their experiences over the last 5,000 years and being able to get it down to what they did and still give the characters their own time to breathe and grow and the interactions, I think there's enough... It does this thing that I don't think any other Marvel movie has done to this point. It takes time to slow down, if that makes sense. Like, Marvel is usually, you know, uh, banger after banger after banger. It's action scene into action scene into a bit of plot into action. This takes a lot more time with these characters and lets them interact in a way that I don't think, I don't think we've had anything like this in terms of character interaction since the first Guardians movie.
2: I mean, the two best seeds of this movie to me both take place around dinner tables.
0: Yeah, right. And like,
2: that says everything you need to know about this movie for why I personally love it. Like I do think this movie has a lot of issues. The biggest of my issues being the character Icarus. I hate this character in this movie. Um but everything else, every other character of the Eternals I unabashedly love. I think it's wildly interesting in ways you just don't see in the MCU. Like Sprite and her issues of like she doesn't age or fastos and his giving up on humanity like you do not see that anywhere else in the mcu you don't see this significantly more thoughtful editing and camera placement and everything about this movie is just i think thoughtful is the word that i would use for this entire movie
1: I, I, I remember seeing, sorry, I, I just want to say there's one thing I saw like when this dropped on Disney Plus is someone went to a subreddit. I don't remember which one and basically said there's a scene where Icarus is using his lasers and there is a lens flare on the camera from his lasers, which are clearly CG. So not only did they see do all the work between Icarus and the Deviants, but they also took the extra effort to animate things like that, like natural environmental effects that you don't see in other in other things. And I think it's just great. But sorry, Matt, I interrupted you. How did you uh, how'd you feel about this one?
0: No, it's all good. I think this movie was incredibly unfairly reviewed. I think like there, I think there's a there's enough of a good contingent of people that are just waiting for the MCU to buckle under its own weight and to fail. And I feel like a lot of people are just kind of looking for the first one to not be the same level of quote unquote quality that the rest of them are. But I think this movie is fantastic. I do have I I do think it has its issues, but I really don't see a lot of the problems that a lot of people different people have with it. Icarus is whatever. I think like my biggest issue with the movie is actually the deviants. Uh, and the way that yeah. they're handled, just because like they're almost, they almost feel like an afterthought at points. Like they're, they yeah. feel like the monster design is fantastic. They're like the, some this movie has some of the coolest fight scenes in the MCU period, I think, and some of the most visually creative.
1: Uh, I think the the, the the village scene and the the London scene, that first introduction of the deviants, is so well done and so well thought out. So cool. yeah, not exactly. to mention
2: Any? Athena's fight with Crow in that.
1: Case. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, like, that's what I mean. Even, like, uh, what is it, Makari's like, super speed scenes are, like, very interestingly visually put together. So, like, I feel like this movie has a fantastic cast, and I think it has a lot of... Uh, I think it has a lot of promise. I think there are some things... I think you could have shaved some time off it. I don't think it would have... Like, I would probably want to have taken more than, like, 15 to 20 minutes off at most. Because I do think, you know, like you were saying, Mitch, this movie takes time with its characters, and, like, like it, it, it's very committed to who they are. Um, and it also, like... I feel like this more than any other of the team up movies gives the char- the characters their own individuality that in a way that we don't really see. The guardians are the guardians, and like, you know, they, they are as a whole. But like even with like, you know, Kingo not showing up in the final fight scene, because they're like, this is who his character is, this is why it makes sense for him not to be here. This movie takes a lot of its like a lot of time for itself, and I think in a really meaningful way. And I think I think it's awesome. I think it's I think it's like upper mid-tier, I think that's an appropriate place to put it, but again, like, that doesn't speak to the quality of it, just because of how fucking much quality there is in the MCU nowadays.
1: Yeah, I think, bringing up Kingo is actually a really interesting point. I think that was towards the end of the movie, his his motivations for what he does aren't as well fleshed out as some of the other characters, Mm -hmm. towards the end and why they decide to do the things they do, and that was one thing. I wish they had elaborated on a little bit, and then, like, just weird things of like one line he says triggering a flashback from Icarus. Cause he said the same thing to Ajax And I, I, I think that's neat, but um it, yeah, there, there were some moments that were like, eh, this could have been done a little differently or handled a little differently. But I think by and large, like I had such a good time watching this and it's going to be in regular rotation. I think for me, just because not only because I enjoyed the movie and what it did and in terms of representation of our first or not first te- technically first. Cause this came before, Hawkeye, but our first deaf MCU character, our first uh, Bollywood MCU scene. Like, there's a lot of our first
2: gay couple in the MCU.
1: Yeah, (laughs) our first sex scene in the MCU. Adorable,
2: and I love those two. By the way, I just wanted to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot that this does really, really well. But and there are some things about those characters I didn't really enjoy as much. We don't get much time with Makari outside Mm -hmm. of like the last fight scene, which. I understand why they did that because you can't have all these characters all the time because there's so many characters, but maybe they could have trimmed the cast a little bit and had her more involved. Cause something I said I would do. And I did do it Griffin is I went this week and read Neil Gaiman's run of the eternals. Yes. Oh my God. Is that a good comic run? My God.
2: Oh, I totally just peaked my mic, but thank you. (laughs) What did you think?
1: I thought it was really, really good. It was, so I'm trying to get a sense. The, in terms of when it came out, it came out just after civil war, right? In the comics.
2: That sounds right. in my Just
1: because a lot of references to registering and things like that. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I think just in terms of the way that the, the characters are used and the way that they're, the, the world is built and the idea of the deviants and the eternals. And I actually really like what they did here and kind of turning some things on their head, like Olympia doesn't exist. It is the world forge or whatever. Um, because in the comics, spoilers, uh olympia is where the eternals are reborn which i still think is going to come into play at some point but we will get to that when we get to that yeah i had a great time with that comic book run i'm going to try to do that every every time i make you watch something marvel griffin i'm going to make sure that i go through and read at least a comic book run of that uh oh
2: i can't wait until we get to the black knight and you have to read that
1: weird i started that oh my god dude
2: It's absurd. It's nuts. <laughs> okay, Moon Knight uh, is the one, one I'm excited stuff. about. Moon
1: Knight is the next one for me, and that that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And if anyone has any recommended reading lists on Moon Knight or Black Knight or any of the stuff we're getting, Doctor Strange, any of that, uh, hit me up.
2: Um, I want to go back to what to the deviants really quick,
1: because mm-hmm.
2: we've had a lot of you know, hey, here's the generic grunt you're going to be fighting like the Shatari, most recently the, uh, the Trixit Mafia, like you have these generic grunts. The Deviants were the most interesting of these characters that we've ever had. These were the coolest looking. It felt like I was watching a Monster Hunter let's play. Like (laughs) these were so dope. And Crow as an idea, this, this Deviant that's getting eternal's power and becoming more and more of eternal was such an interesting character i'm so disappointed that they killed this character partially because it's vo- they're voiced by uh, bill skarsgård yeah they're just so so good everything visually about this movie is
0: just so damn good
1: visually yeah go ahead man
0: yeah i have to agree i think like the Deviants were some of my i just feel like the ultimate potential that those they had is really wasted by the end of the movie. Like I really would have had the final fight with, with Crow before everything happens, um, on the Island. I really would have liked them to really flesh that fight out a little more and then have the final fight just kind of be, you know, Icarus and, and Sprite versus the rest of them. Because I feel like he, like they are so kind of ham fisted into that final fight just to kind of get, you know, um, Dina out of the picture. Even like that, that final fight between the two of them—it's like there's so much tension building up, and she just dices them up, and it's over. Like, the, like the the, the Deviants were one of the first times where like with a group of villains like that that I was like, I understand your motivation, and I don't think you're inherently wrong. Like, I really do think like this is just like programming versus them starting to learn what was going on. But I just would have loved them to play with that a little more and to kind of incorporate that through the run of the movie rather than it just being. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, now all of a sudden he knows what's going on, and he's dead. He's dead. dead. and it's over. Like, yeah, this felt a lot wasn't...
2: like, um, like the, like the very beginning of the MCU where they had this issue where they just kept killing their villains. Like mm-hmm. Crow is this really interesting. Like Crow is a reoccurring villain in Marvel canon. He's thought the likes of Thor, the Avengers. Like he is in charge of the deviants. Like he is known. And I would have uh-huh. loved to see more of this character. I almost wish, like, th- the fight scene is amazing. And I love that it's more of this. It's as much a mental fight as it is a physical fight. And they really do a good job of showing that. I almost wish it wasn't in the movie. I almost wish that Crow had, like, slithered off and was like, okay, I'm going to go prep and do my own thing and come back uh-huh. with,
1: or, or maybe he was like, more, mortally wounded and the power drained from him and he just had to kind of slink off or something, which who knows? Like, I know we saw him sliced to bits, but it could be a, you know, symbiote situation of one piece means a deviance still there. We don't know what they're going to want to do with their deviants in the MCU going forward, if they're going to use yeah. them at all. And unfortunately for me, I have to disagree with the both of you. I feel like what they did with the deviants here was they turned them into the monster of the week. And this use, I, I I really enjoy the fact that they used it as a red herring because ultimately the villain of the film is Icarus and the Celestials. But spoilers, by the way, <laughs> um,
2: I think everyone knew that the Celestials were going to be the villains of this movie. <laughs> uh,
1: even then, I feel like there was a bit like they were used in such a half assed way, unfortunately, versus the what what we've gotten of the deviants in the comics. Like it felt almost to dark elf levels of MCU usage with this. Wow. And that's saying something. I know. I know. But I think the film does so much with all the other characters that I can forgive it for that. But mm-hmm. I hope they find some way to redeem the deviance and use it more effectively. Because I know we get, you know, a lot of foreshadow towards the end, which I'm sure we'll get to when we get to the plot.
2: Yeah, I think I, the reason I like the deviance, this is very much, by the way, me getting existential philosophical with Marvel like I always end up doing. Goddamn, if someone needs to stop me. Um, <laughs> we In a lot of our more recent Marvel canon, we're getting stories that have undertones that are way, way bigger, like WandaVision and its entire talk about grief, Loki, and finding yourself. There is a lot of undertones of religious deconstruction in this movie. Yeah, Like, mm-hmm. The, a movie is practically about religious deconstruction. And I in those tones, I really love the use of the deviance. Being yeah. this, like, this is our reason for existing. This is what our essentially our God has told us we do for our entire lives.
1: And it, and it does come like, down oh. to the religious zealot of Icarus against everyone else who's kind of seen the light and broken away from this religious construct in the rest of the Eternals, right?
2: And even with, like, Kingo, like, he still believes it, but he's not willing to
0: let that...
1: He wants to be a non-active participant in the the conflict, essentially.
0: And that's what really bothers me about the final fight. Like, you know, he shows up and he goes after Icarus, you know, at the beginning of the fight... And then all the other Eternals immediately start attacking him as well. And it's just kind of like, there should have been a team-up moment. There should have been something. There should have been, like, all of them understand what's happening now. There should have been something to kind of, you know, dive more into the themes of the religious deconstruction, because I think that's entirely spot-on. Because at that point, thematically, the rest of the Eternals in in Crow are on the same almost playing field, right? They're trying to stop things from going completely awry. We don't really even get the moment to see whether Crow can inhabit that space with them of like, you know, is, can he like, is he going to continue to kill all of them to get all the powers or is there something there's, is, is there a different idea there that they could have taken it? But like right away, as soon as he shows up, like all right, time to fight. That's it. Game over. We're, we're, you know, we're moving.
1: I love that we live in a post. What if world where all of these questions right. we have could just be like episode seven, season two. What if, what if Crow won? And we well, see I that and we see, we play out. Getting... I would love that.
2: We are getting an Eternals what-if episode. So I know. Who knows what it could possibly be. Yeah, there's just, there's so many interesting implications. I think the religious deconstruction is one of the main reasons I love this movie so much. It's just, mm. it's so much more adult than the MCU normally is. Like, I hate to say it, but guys, like... Avengers Season of Ultrad is not... There's no deeper meaning in that movie. I,
1: I think that some of some of the uh, backlash towards the film is exactly that. Of People want the MCU to be their popcorn flick of... The hero I love and know is going to go fight this guy. And then there's going to be a whole bunch of Easter eggs. And people are going to go, oh shit, in the movie theater. Throw their popcorn up. And uh, then the movie's over. And I think that Chloe Zhao did something very interesting here. And did something different. And I think we should be celebrating the differences that she's brought to the MCU as opposed to what most of the internet did and just said, no, me no, me no like poo poo movie.
2: Yeah, I and love I love her. Also, I just love her total irreverence to this. Like, we're going to be smoke smoking mirrors. We're going to be cheeky with how we answer questions. She's like, no, here's your answers.
0: Love it. And yeah. And it's just like, I feel we're also at this point now where so many people are like, the MCU is this one thing, right? That like all we're ever going to get from this from the MCU is this one type of movie. And here we are in an attempt to do something differently. And all of a sudden it's just like, like you said, no, we don't want different. But we want different, but we don't want different. But we do want different. Aren't we getting burned out on MCU? So we want, and it's just this cyclical argument where nothing changes. And when something does try and change, you know, people are lambasted for it rather than being celebrated. Does it work 100% of the time? No, but I feel like the effort should count for what, you know, what Chloe tried to do in the space and what she did successfully do um, rather than it just being, oh, bad movie, bad because of representation and, all, you know, a host of other things that people get upset about rather than actually looking at, you know, what does this movie actually do?
1: And, I mean, you got you to look at this of, okay, James Gunn did a great job introducing the Guardians of the Galaxy where he had these five characters and some bi- extended universe bits. To get introduced to audiences, to get people to to love these characters and to want to root for these characters, and Chloe Zhao took them and like, yeah, let's take an even more obscure team with even grandy, like even more grandiose aspirations and des- like design methodologies and you know, thematic things, and let's throw all that in there and let's try to make something that is cohesive and understandable and people will come away from this and enjoy it. And I think there were things that missed, but I think overall, to do this film, I don't think anyone could have done anything better. I think there's yeah. just some craziness when it comes to the idea of celestials, eternals, and deviants, and I think this is a good introduction to those concepts and is going to continue to grow the space or celestial portion of the MCU even greater than James Gunn could have done with Guardians Three.
2: Yeah, to to Chloe Zhao's credit, the one of the things I've always I've heard a lot about the MCU is like the Guardians are a family the Avengers feel more like work friends. And that's very much mm-hmm. how they are. That's really how they're played. And like, there's, you know, your own dynamics in the Avengers, yada, yada, yada. We could talk about that for ages. This felt like the, it, this, and it really was, this was a family. They got into a massive freaking argument. Everyone went their separate ways and came back together and was still a family. <laughs> and it was like, that was just such a, you don't, again, it's a thing we have not seen in the MCU. And I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. i just
1: can't uh, wait to see more of these characters and i think it's about time for us to start digging into that plot there griffin
2: all right well we're gonna talk about the plot so obviously we've we've spoiled a lot of the movie already but I'm sorry <laughs> let's start about let's start back in 5000 bc before that we get a we get an opening credits open not opening credits we get an opening like scroll a cr-
1: like like a crawl
2: in which... the beginning
1: <laughs> it, it, it all it was is i saw that i'm like oh my god it's mighty morphin power rangers the movie Go,
2: go, Power. Now, yes. in the beginning before the six singularities at the dawn of creation came the celestials uh erishem the prime celestial created the first sun and brought light into the universe life began and thrived all was in balance tell me this is not religious as shit
1: I just love the fact that, like, this year we've gotten now two Marvel properties that have tried something different in terms of, yeah, we're going to start this movie and it's not going to be, like, immediately explained to you what's happening. It's going to be, you're going to have to read, you're going to have to understand with mm-hmm. the subtitles in the first, what, half hour of Shang-Chi and then the opening of this. so
2: Yeah, here's what I really love. Is, so we got that part. Then the second part is, until an unnatural species of predator emerge from, the, from deep space to feed on intelligent life they were known as deviants the universe was plunged into chaos almost every word of this opening text is a lie like yeah right. the celestios came before they didn't they created a sun they didn't create the first sun that was already there they did not create balance they destroyed it they the predator did not just emerge they created it all of this is a lie <laughs>
0: It sets you up in such an interesting way, because again, like this is a team that like even a lot of, you know, hardcore Marvel fans will be like, I've heard of them. I don't know too much about them. And for them to kind of set this up in such a way to be like, here's what you think, you know, and we're going to slowly take this entirely apart over the next two and a half hours. It's just, it's such a cool way to set things up.
2: So we start in the year 5000 BC with a shot of the Domo, their starship. Going across the sun, it's really cool. I really love this shot. Uh, we see the ten eternal sent by Urashim: Ajax, Circe, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Phastos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, that's a great name. Uh, and Athena. Um, they come down. They save a bunch of kids from a from a deviant from deviants. Um, kid gets a knife. This kid must be so confused with what's happening. Just like let me let me change your knife for you. We
1: weird too. This whole scene of them like waking up and getting their mission. It's very like knowing what comes of the characters. Like it feels very robotic, and mm-hmm. that totally makes sense by the end of the movie, which I loved.
2: Yeah, you also start to see the seeds of um, Icarus and uh, Cersei starting to fall in love at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. With their weird, like, look out over space. Um, we get this. We're going to be cutting a lot back and forth between the past and the future here. Or the present day, so get used to that, folks. Um, we cut then to present day, and uh, Cersei's taking a picture of her <laughs> naive on a billboard. It's one of those things where just like, oh, I love that. That's perfect. Right. Um, before running off to go teach her class... Uh, she gets to the class and who is teaching, but Dane Whitman, played by Kit Harrington. I love Kit Harrington. Um,
1: so much Game of Thrones love in this and I'm I'm Harington. all for it.
2: What's funny enough is I don't like Game of Thrones, but I love Kit Harrington.
1: How can you not like Game of Thrones unless we're talking specifically about the last season? Yeah, oh, I'm I mean, talking about the entire water.
0: series. Yeah, I do right. not like it.
1: You gotta give it a nice shot. Just ignore the last season.
2: Look, certain People in my life have ruined that show for me.
1: Um, okay, and we'll end it there.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's jokingly teaching the class. He's like, I'm running out of things to say. Please save me. Um, and if she does, she starts talking about Apex Predators. Um, cheeky Marvel. Cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point, as she's teaching, though, an earthquake hits. Uh, she gets every all of the kids under the table. We actually get to see a quick glint of Cersei's power here. When a giant I don't know how this rock was mounted on that wall. And it Incorrectly.
0: Came
1: down. Not <laughs> well.
0: Not well.
2: About to fall on a kid and she saves the kid. Any area where there's likely a lot of cameras and like a lot of people saw this happen.
0: Uh it's an inspired choice to like she turns into, into like sand, I think it was. And I was kind of like, Okay, I see why you did that. But I was like later in the movie we also get a call where she's like, I turn this other thing into air and I'm like What just turn that into air there, Cersei, but okay, you do your thing. Turn the rock we, into air.
2: We kind of realize Cersei does not have a good grasp on her powers.
1: It's funny though, she has more of a grasp on her powers here than she does in the comics, because in the comics she doesn't in the original run of the character, this isn't her power. they've, they've kind of just said, okay, this is her ability. And can we get into this wild speculation and theories at this point? Or we want to wait till the end?
2: Oh yeah, let's go for it. It's we're free flow here.
1: It does touch a little bit on one of the end credit scenes. So we'll avoid talking about that, but I think Cersei's powers set up secret wars. Yeah. A hundred percent secret wars is going to be caused by Cersei in the MCU rather than was it um, multiple man in the comic?
2: Yeah, I uh, think Molecule Man.
1: Molecule Man, sorry, yeah,
2: that's right. There was a character in Marvel canon named Molecule Man.
1: I mean, it's not—it's no worse than the Condiment King over in the DC world. At least (laughs) Condiment (laughs) King is funny.
2: Molecule Man isn't even funny. Um. Anyways, uh, at this point, she's like, "Okay, we had an earthquake." Let's just go on with life as usual. We're not going to question that in the middle of London.
1: Earthquakes um, happen. Like, in the middle on.
2: of London? No, they don't.
1: I mean, I live in Toronto where we get an earthquake every 30 years. And the one time I remember experiencing one, it was like, oh, well, that was weird. And then go about your life. Like, it happens. The world is constantly shifting. I can sure, suspend disbelief far enough that this person who's been removed from this interplanetary conflict for thousands of years is like oh there was an earthquake cool let's keep living like
2: i mean i just find it funny like you know that at that party that would have been the topic of conversation would have been the earthquake that they experienced earlier that day Oh, they're
1: just looking to get drunk have a good time aren't you gonna be looking forward to that once the world gets back to normal
2: yeah Don't if there's an earthquake maybe not if there's an earthquake (laughs) maybe even more if there's an earthquake. There you go. Although, I live on that fault line in Oregon, where if that act ever actually hits, I'm screwed. So You're getting on a
1: boat and making your way over to somewhere safer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyways, uh, yeah, we have the, we have this party. It is um, Kit Harrington's birthday. We're cheeky. He gets a bunch of cupcakes. Uh, we also get our first look at Sprite in this, of Sprite trying to uh, appear older than she is. Or older than she looks, like she's like five thousand years old. Um, and the guy like touches her hand; it disappears. She runs off. She's sad, but also that look is dope. Just saying. Um, we give a uh, we we see some more of this party. Everyone's having a good time. Cersei gives a gift to Dane. It's this ring with the family crest on it. I mentioned this because that crest is going to become very, very important at the end of this movie.
1: I understood that <laughs> reference. That crest is familiar.
2: <laughs> um, as they're walking off, they're talking. Oh, yeah. He also uh, invites her to move in with him, and she says no. Or he already uh-huh. had, and she says no. Uh, why? Because she's an eternal
1: No, Shocker. she's already externalized because she doesn't want to leave Sprite. Right? That was really her motivation. No, she's using it?
2: that as an excuse. Is like she Spratt, though? Well, Sprite calls her on it. She's like, "You're using yeah. me as an excuse. You just don't want to have to explain all this to him." And apparently, <laughs> Which, like, she's already
1: explained a bunch of stuff to him. Well, yeah, yeah but he hasn't already been her. telling
2: him plenty. <laughs> I mean, they have the back and forth of like, "You believe me?" Not until right now. <laughs> um. Yeah. As they're walking back, they're talking about that. Uh, Dane Whitman wants pizza. Not sure why that is such a vivid memory of this movie for me, but Dave Whitman wants pizza. Um, At which point, a deviant attacks. Um, They're all rightfully very surprised. Cersei immediately jumping into action. Um, Sprite doing it. Kit trying. He doesn't even want to try to jump that wall. He's taking the stairs.
1: I felt that so hard. Mm -hmm.
2: If I was a superhero, we're taking the stairs or waiting for the elevator.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm 30 this week, so I saw it, I'm like, yeah, big same, Kid Harrington, big same.
2: Um, they go to fight it. We get some really cool effects here, seeing more of, like, both of their powers. Um, at one point, as they're fighting, they're about to get eaten when Icarus shows up. Um, knocking the deviant into a building, absolutely decimating whatever shop this was. I feel bad for whoever owned it. Mm-hmm. really makes you wonder about insurance prices in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just saying.
1: I mean, I would love that damage control series they talked about forever, just to understand the ins and outs of some of this minutia. Now they have the mechanism to deliver it to us, they just choose not to.
2: Well, yeah. we got that one, like, kind of damage control, but for the DC Universe show. Oh, that was know, terrible, and I, though. And it, yeah, oh, and it was yeah. horrible.
1: No, and, Vanessa Hudgens.
2: and I guarantee that Marvel thought that I was like, okay, maybe
1: we avoid
2: anything like this
1: thing is i i would trust kevin and company to do it right i don't
0: mm-hmm. think they trust themselves with it i think that's the issue maybe i think we'll get that once they really start reaching the bottom of the well they're gonna be like all right we'll finally do it now
1: uh <laughs> powerless the show you were thinking of powerless starring Thank vanessa you. hudgens alan tudyk ron funches and uh danny poody
2: which is funny because like that cast is great but the what's show is horrible. Um, yeah, they fight the Deviant. It's cool. Cersei so turns the bu- double-decker bus into flower petals. I was thinking, that's
0: cool. exactly what was... like. Michael, like When that scene happens, my mind is like, what about all those people? So I'm glad that they take a shot to just show that guy crawling out of the petals, because I was like, did Thank she God. just destroy all those people? <laughs> like, all also, people. Like, this bus was here?
2: empty. This bus was just the what? driver in it? <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. It's I'm gonna like, fully was- suspend disbelief because like you kind of have to.
1: You have to with this movie.
2: Mm. I mean, here's the thing: it's like the fight scenes are good. The fight scenes are entertaining. They're not not as important to me. We actually have plot that I can talk about, like that. at a dinner table, I'm like, yes. I'm really <laughs> happy that they just sat down and ate a meal. I don't know why. Anyway, that's
1: what families do. <laughs> with some spit
2: beer. Yeah, spit beer. We'll get back to it. Um. <laughs> They fight the deviant. Uh, Eventually, though, they we learn during this fight that that this deviant is weird because it can heal itself, Um, similar to Ajax, their leader. Um, eventually, it runs off, and Icarus chases it off, and we have this really, really funny to me interaction between Icarus and uh, Kit, where he just stands up, like he looking like he's about to try to be intimidating, and then just goes for the handshake. Like, I got nothing on the guy that can fly and shoot lasers
0: at his
1: eye. <laughs> Honestly, though, knowing a bit more about Dane Whitman as a character in the comics and where he goes, that kind of interaction makes so much more sense after having yeah. read a bit of the comics and seeing the movie. And I cannot wait to just see this character in full uh, Black Knight mode, just have his way through the entirety of the MCU.
2: I just love that Kit Harington in the MCU, man, and like it's such a perfect role for him it, as well.
1: It couldn't have cast it better, honestly.
2: Yeah, this is like mark my words. I'm making this prediction now. People are going to attribute Kit's casting as the Black Knight to similarly like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Evans as Captain America. Like I think he's exactly gonna have to
1: carry. He's gonna have to carry some stuff, and I think we'll get into speculation as to where the MCU is going with these characters, but. That the, the, whatever groups he ends up participating with, like he's going to carry some scenes and I cannot mm-hmm. wait.
2: Um, we get one, the, the trio of the, of, uh, the Eternals decide that they need to head off to South Dakota, but before they do that, we get this one little, this little nice interaction between Cersei and Kit of like, okay, so we're Eternals. <laughs> we've lived, we've been on the earth since 5,000 BC we haven't really done anything to help you guys since then.
1: That was my ex, that we, <laughs> and we broke up
0: 2,000 years ago.
2: It was long. It was how long? Five, about 5,000 years.
0: Okay, so it was it was long term. Yeah. I love that scene just because like, I'm really glad that they just kind of like handshake it away. Because like, I'm sure a lot of people would, would have been like, why didn't you help with Thanos? Why didn't you do anything throughout any of these other massive events? And they're kind of like...
2: We were told not to.
1: Just because. Yeah, look. Honestly, they're going to have to do a whole lot of hand-waving with all of the Infinity Stones that Feige has been able to assemble between the, the Fox properties and some of the Sony stuff that's expired and the Universal stuff. Like Introducing some of this, like even Hulk in the She-Hulk series, where we've only gotten the Hulk in movies, or bringing the Netflix characters back into the fold if they choose to do that. We've already seen that a little bit with Kingpin and Hawkeye. Spoilers for that. But if you haven't been listening week to week when we go through all that stuff, that's on you, not on me.
2: (laughs) Um, Go watch our other stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much uh yeah um it'll be interesting to see how they retcon things like why hasn't deadpool just been here the whole time making smart ass remarks about everything why haven't the x-men been a part of any of these global conflicts like they're gonna have to figure out ways to do this why haven't the fantastic four been active Well, just because
2: so i got a tiktok the other day tiktok had to come up eventually we're talking marvel and it was just this genius idea of once we finally get an x-men movie right the end credits come along, and we just see it. Deadpool just walks up in a Disneyland T-shirt and mouse ears. It's like, "Hey guys, sorry I'm late. The merger took forever." Just like uh, if we got that, and that's Deadpool's introduction, I would fucking love
1: it. We've already had Deadpool's introduction to the MCU. Yep, you not know, remember that? It was Korg and Deadpool. Right? I mean, I know the that. Three guy trailer.
2: I remember that. I'm talking more in with span of, like, which is <laughs> we. That is that the implications of how many Ryan Reynolds are in the uh, MCU because of that is hilarious. It's like I mean there seven. are an
1: infinite number of Ryan Reynolds because um, multiverse.
2: No, in the single universe there's like seven Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Um but I'm talking like into the movies. If he got we got something like that, where like he just outwardly acknowledges Disney, I would die.
1: <laughs> it has to I'm happen. Sure you know. He will reference yeah, the sure House of up. Mouse at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I just
2: want Deadpool and Mouse ears because that's just that. That image is funny. It, I don't care who you are. That's a funny image. Um, anyways. Oh yeah. Also, I love th- bringing it back to the scene we were talking about. All of this is just in front of a laundromat. You just chilling. Mm-hmm. So Which is know. just another one of those not Marvel things. Of like, it reminds me a lot of like when we people were talking about um, Andrew Garfield, Amazing Spider-Man, of how that movie is so much more like a love story than it is a superhero movie. Uh-huh. You get a lot of the same vibes out of this movie, which I really appreciate. Um. Anyways, eight we go and visit Ajax in South Dakota, but Ajax is dead, super dead, very very, very dead.
1: dead. Which okay. yeah,
2: the the bold move to have Salma Hayek in a movie and be like, oh no, yeah, her character's dead. <laughs>
1: I mean, when I saw that, no joke, I'm like, okay, so Angelina Jolie's character is going to die. Kumail Nanjiani's character is probably going to die. Like, anyone that's going to cost the money outside of um, Richard Madden and Kit Harington and um, Gemma Chan uh, Gemma Chan will be gone by the end of this. They'll be down to like three characters that, that make it out of this whole thing alive. And I was ready for that. And Chloe Zhao totally subverted my expectations and things ended up differently. And we'll get we to only it, get
2: man. We only get two more deaths. One of them is Purple, ridiculously okay. tragic, and the other one mm-hmm. is kind of stupid. Kinda I will yell stupid. at I will yell at that when we get there. I know you will. Mm, <laughs> you you know that pissed me off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a little too tongue in cheek.
2: Anyways, yeah, they go Ajax dead, um, and the weird golden ball that she has in her body that she gives her the ability to talk to Ereshkigal. Uh, is passed on to Cersei. Let's we'll get a really sad moment of Sprite like replaying her last memories with Ajax. <laughs> she was like, hey, you want to feel more emotions right now? Here you go. Here's them just being human. Even though they're not technically human. Anyways, they've decided at this point, of like, hey, what do we need to do? Well, we need to get everybody together. Everybody should know about this. This is kind of a big deal. Uh, so they're like, okay, where do we need to go? Who do we need to go to first? Cut to the Bollywood.
1: Which I had so much fun with this whole scene. Like people be like, oh, why did we get this in the MCU? This is in the M-. I'm like, nah, more of this. More more branching out into different cultures and exposing people to things. Like I've never watched a Bollywood movie, but I loved seeing this.
2: Dude, like the, the Bollywood Captain America shields. <laughs> so
1: good he he like explains oh yeah we're just making a movie icarus it's about you i'm playing you but of course the next scene's got wires in it because i can't fly like it's just like oh my god
2: i also love these like he's looking for approval for the costume from him
0: as well
1: well it's just like he's taking his life experiences and turning them into films which i think is really funny
0: It's also just, like, it feels very respectfully done. Like, I feel like if this was, like, 10 years ago or in the hand of somebody else, this whole scene would have been played off as a joke. And instead, we get a very well-put-together, a beautifully shot, and what feels like a very respectful uh, scene that is a lot of fun to kind of, you know, sit there and watch Camille do his thing. Um, I love this part.
1: Camille's honestly the weakest part of that scene. I feel like all the other performers just, you know, knocked out of the park, and then here's, you know, American actor...
2: I but, feel like that was like part of the reasoning behind it too, though, because he's like yeah. he's the director slash actor. Like, he has this whole thing of being the greatest dynasty in Bollywood.
0: Yeah. Um, which is oh my God. I love it. it just,
1: he disappears every five or ten years. Like, oh yeah, here's my nephew. Yeah.
0: His his shit-eating grin, like the the, the shit-eating grin that he has on the entire time through the scene, just killed me. Just yeah. like, he looks like such a douchebag in the perfect way. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like he's totally douchebags yeah as things, well yeah. like which they have the running bit of like the film in the documentary which got a little old to me really quick yeah it's still funny though this the the moment when um i'm forgetting his valet
1: name. thank you i think
2: just he keeps having more cameras yeah was the funniest thing in the world well, there's so a line the about
1: two's he's like always have backup i'm just like oh yeah, yeah. i love karun
2: the moment when he thanks him anyways um before we go any further i do want to say this movie does cut a lot in back and back forth to the past the past happens i'm just going to run through everything that happens in the past right now because frankly i'm not going to remember to keep jumping back to the past i'm sorry people <laughs> um they, make, they create babylon <laughs> they create freaking babylon they fight more deviants they save the day they have a party makari's stealing things to get more knowledge we kind of get this we get hints and Information about Makari's character throughout the information, but Makari is very interested in preserving the knowledge of humanity that they have, and that's kind of her goal. That's why she creates this big library and stuff. When they go back to the domo later,
1: um, I love also that the fall see... of Babylon is just Druig being like, "Nah, we out." Yeah, we leave. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, we also we see a little bit of this relationship between Druig and Makari. Which is again just very, very cute and adorable, and I love these two together. Mm-hmm. Um, the we see the Eternals end up splitting up eventually. Uh, we'll get to the that a little bit later, and we'll also get to Mad Weary a little bit later because that's more important later in the movie. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, uh, back, back to Karun for a second. The actor who plays him. Um... I had it here, sorry. Uh, Harish Patel, veteran Bollywood actor. So like, it's not like they just went out and found someone. And they, they cast a very well-known Bollywood actor to be the first Indian actor cast in a Marvel movie, which I think is phenomenal. He, he's so good. I would say about 80% of his jokes hit.
2: And I think the other 20% was just me being sick of the documentary joke.
0: But
1: then you get the last point. scene we get of him, of him like yeah. oh yeah, go go for it, Matt. Yeah,
0: that's the one that kind of really hits me. It's like he completely, you know, he stops trying to speak um, in English in that scene, but like the way that he communicates and the way that his entire performance comes across is so beautifully put together. And I love that they let that they let him change back um, to the language he's speaking, Because I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure which language it was to be honest. Because there's a lot of languages in India. Uh, but, like, the way that they just let him be himself and, like, the the way that he carries that scene is so done and immediately just straight in the heart. Because it's, like, all the rest of these people, all the rest of the Eternals, well, you know, they're going to be fine. To we'll have such a human element there. And the way that he delivers it, it was just perfect. Like, I was almost crying watching that scene how incredible he was.
2: Yeah, I love that, like, everyone just kind of welcomes him in um,
0: uh-huh.
2: and the Eternals, like, that dinner scene, like I keep coming back to, is such a good example of it. Like everyone's there for this guy. Everyone's everyone's. I, I again, TikTok. Like, everyone's fucking with this guy because he's fucking with us. Like they get uh-huh. it. He's with them And that moment of like, no, I'm not one of you, but thank you.
0: Yeah, beautifully <laughs> done.
2: Hits it's so well. Um. Anyways, this Bollywood scene, great, awesome. Uh, but they do have to tell him, like, hey, Ajax dead. Deviants are back. Shit's hitting the fan, man. Um, we got to get the team back together. We got to get everybody back together. Frankly, they all need it too. No one's actually going to say that. Um, so they hop on uh, their private jet, which I love. Has his name on the side. Of course it does. It's got all of all of the movie posters up.
1: <laughs> it's a dynasty, man. He's got to he's got to lean into it. He's he's probably the most vain character in this entire film.
2: He's one of the most vain characters in the entire MCU, but it's done so so funnily. Like where Tony Stark was vain in like just stupid ways because he's Tony yeah. Stark. But him, it's like oh no, like I part of me is playing this up. The other part of me just loves this. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Um, we go out to, I think it was Australia. Yeah. The middle of nowhere, the, where we run into um, Gilgamesh and Thena. Uh, Gilgamesh has been protecting Thina for years because of something called Mad Weary. Here's the flashback I was talking about. We get this moment of them all leaving... Um, I think it was I think this is I'm leaving Babylon. Like there's a war happening between the humans that they're just not being a part of because yeah. uh-huh. stupid reasons. Um,
1: because we don't interfere. It's not point, it's not stupid reasons. It's it's you know un, unabashed following of your beliefs and the you know I'm negative. Lie, I'm of very that. much
2: I'm very much on Drewig side throughout all of these flashback scenes. Oh, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, they're all taking off running away when Fina's eyes get all glossy white. And she starts to attack everybody. Freaking out. Uh, She almost kills Makari. Like, Makari probably should be dead after the hit she takes directly to the gut from a sword. Like, come on. Um, We learn of this thing called Mad Weary, where essentially Eternals' memories build too much on top of each other causing madness and the fix to this is to wipe their memories which if that wasn't the first red flag of this movie I don't know what is. Uh, they choose though not to do that Gilgamesh is like I will protect her both from herself and from other people other people from uh-huh. her uh, and that's what leads them to Australia I also just love that they, it is, this is a canon thing they did. Of he, con- he got Drig to come and put her to sleep for a week so he could take a trip to uh, Fiji. I just like that that was a thing that they mentioned. Um, anyways, yeah, they're in Australia. We get probably the most heartbreaking of the Hey Ajax dead moments, where he's pulling a pie out of the uh the oven in a cast iron skillet. This pie looking great, by the way.
1: I love before we get there where, sounds... where uh, Karun's kind of introducing himself. He's like, yeah, I'm, Val- I'm King of the Valley. He's like, oh, like Alfred, which is the first of two references to DC in this film, which I am all for. The the idea that DC Comics exists in the MCU.
2: Yeah. We also get a really funny moment of they find a dead deviant. Um, like, what took Karun, you so
1: long? Well, Karun beautiful. has one of, like,
2: beautiful. No, no. Yeah. You haven't had one of these try to bite your head off.
1: Well, and then they have the whole thing of uh, Cersei's like, oh yeah, Icarus, we fought one in London. Icarus couldn't kill. He's like, oh, really? Like, There's all this like one-upmanship and all this like infighting in his family, which is what a family dynamic is all about. So I thought not it was to, really fun.
2: Not to mention
0: all of this while Gilgamesh was wearing a kiss the cookie.
1: <laughs> so good. Gilgamesh, oh my Gilgamesh God, is, was that
0: good. Right? He's one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. Like, Don Lee does such a fantastic job with the character. And like the... The entire dinner table scene, I, I know we keep coming back to it. But, like, We're going to get there in a
1: minute.
0: I, I know, it's just he's so good. I, I love Don Lee as an actor, even before this. And he's just, he's so, he's so good in the movie.
2: Yeah, it, he is easily like the star of the show until he dies. Like, we've yeah. already said he dies, so I don't feel bad spoiling that How oh, dare you spoil a thing we um, spoiled
1: 25 minutes ago?
2: <laughs> he's just, he's so damn good in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, between this, between his moments with Athena, like, where he totally plays that whole range of emotion of being this fun and bombastic, like, everyone's together again, to, it's like, okay, let's break it down, stay here,
0: you're safe, you're good, I got you. Also, I have to bring it back real quick, because, like, one of the flashbacks, one of the ones, I think it was outside of Babylon, it- no, was it outside of Babylon or the earlier flashback, where he completely, like, Just a deviant down to like end it like that. Just that that slap is just so you could feel it. It was just not like oh it's like oh here's this badass but He just yeah he's such a badass. It's so good.
2: Gil Gilgamesh's superpowers for what it's worth, folks, is essentially just super strength.
1: Mm -hmm. So excited Um, to see more of this character in the MCU. um, Oh wait, (laughs) um, I mean you don't know they could come back. Honestly, (laughs) I have theories so.
2: Anyways, he invites them all in, including Bucky Jr. I forgot to make the jokes so that Icarus just looks exactly like Sebastian Stan. It is.
1: Un- hey, hey, hey. He's got that one streak of gray to make it look like things have aged, <laughs> even though that's not how being an eternal works, but it happened anyway, and I don't know how to explain it.
0: And that streak kind of seems to come and go throughout the movie as well. There are some shots where it definitely has that
1: <laughs> I think it's just a lighting thing. <laughs> He doesn't he definitely map. doesn't have it in the flashbacks. He only has it in present day, and I don't know why.
2: So it was a choice. He chose to do it. He dyed,
1: he dyed his hair to make one, it seem like yeah. he's aging. This was Well, they have great. that
2: moment with like the filter. Which is like the really... old filter, yeah. <laughs> it's like we That was age. unnecessary.
1: Like there were yeah. some shots in the plane that probably like the whole plane scene probably didn't have to happen. Except honestly. Except
2: for like the moment between Kingo and Sprite on yes. exactly.
1: I think we get a better moment between them later, though. So I wouldn't have minded if we dropped this whole scene. I
2: don't know. I feel like that wouldn't have been as strong without it. But Eh, that's just me. Maybe. Anyways, dinner scene. Oh, wait. First off, we got to go see Athena out at the tree. Uh, She's drawing these charcoal, I think, drawings.
1: Yeah, images of um, the eternal guy whose name I forgot. Arisham, yes, thank you.
2: And they're talking yeah. about this other planet, um, something 9. Uh, Centurion
1: 7 or something? Centuri,
2: yeah, Centurion Cent- something. Something Anyways, like that. This is a planet yeah. that's been referenced in like, Guardians of the Galaxy comics and whatnot for being randomly destroyed. Um, just a fun nod. Uh, she's going about this. She, he, uh, we learned that the attack from the Deviant triggered her, triggered the Mad Weary... And so she's 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 having a moment. Um, she's having a panic attack. That's what she's having.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, let's let yep. be honest as to what it is and what it's depiction of. It's a depiction of PTSD.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, we get this great moment between her and uh, Cersei, and Gilgamesh. And then we all come in for dinner. Everyone's being happy together. It's just everyone together being wonderful. We like, we see the spit beer. We get these little nods about, like, of talking about like Thor and Odin,
1: mm-hmm. of Thor following uh, Kingo around as a kid. Now he can't, he won't even return my calls. Like, or he's an Avenger, okay. whatever.
2: Well, it's funny because that means that, um, like, there's other scenes in this movie of like showing the battle that Gilgamesh was talking about, of like in the like in the Thor movies they show that fight. it's yeah. just funny to me.
1: Well, they they reference to um, I can't remember the name of the city, but essentially where the Asgardians settled down on Earth is where that battle took place.
2: Yeah, where New Asgard is.
1: Where New Asgard is today, yeah, which is which is a, just a fun reference or a throwback to to that, which is nice.
2: Yeah, it's in uh, Tonsberg, Norway. I guess um, this whole scene's great, wonderful. We've talked about how much we love this scene a lot, uh, but the standout joke here is. Um, Guilt, saying that uh, Athena's beer is non-alcoholic, as is Sprite's, and then Sprite puts him in a big baby outfit. <laughs> Which, I feel like Sprite and Loki would get along very well.
0: Yes.
1: Very I, it, I don't know if they would anymore, foreshadowing to further discussion later on in the episode. I mean, we don't know if Sprite lost her powers from that. Oh, that's what I'm going to ask, basically. Uh, we'll get there.
2: I'm assuming not. Anyways, um, yeah, we have this whole great moment. Uh, it's all becoming a lot. There's a lot on Cersei's mind. So she goes off to think. Uh, Gil comes out to just kind of talk with her, make sure she's okay. Um, and she's like, I'm trying to talk to Irishem. It's just not working. Gil gives him sort of some really good advice. of Like, hey, just stop, stop trying. Just just do it. Just like um, and she talks to Erishem. I think
0: this is where we
2: learn about oh, okay. Irishem's... Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. hey... Your life is the
0: lie. (laughs) Yeah, I made the deviants. I made you. Y'all are robots. Yeah, you've been doing this for thousands, millennia, millions. Yeah, millions
2: upon millions of years. Uh, There is no Olympia. It is the World Forge. That's where you all were created. Um, I have backed up all of your memories from all of these planets. Inside that's like like the 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 remnants of those
1: memories are what's driving the mad, weary Athena, which is just. Mm Next level shit.
2: It's like, it's one of those things of like, as they're saying this, everything, like, that you know, as we've seen so far throughout the movies just falls into place of like, oh my God, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we also, they created the Deviants, all the stuff that we've, I've, I've yelled about already. Um, she comes back and is like, well, shit, guys, what do we do? Uh, and we kind of get the first moment of them arguing about what exactly they should be doing uh whether they should be trying to kill this deviant they don't want to do that um because also that's hard as hell to kill a god uh they want to put it to sleep we learned that druid kind of has that ability he was able to put the to sleep for a week so that
1: gilgamesh
2: can <laughs> go to vg <Fiji. laughs> again it's still just really funny to me i'm sorry
1: Oh, and it's great because it just adds more layers to these characters who have been around for thousands of years, you know, after that much time spent in one place, you got to, you know, think they're going to go mad from boredom. And we've seen that another depicted in another media in the past and just little things like that of like, yeah, we're going to have fun with it instead of the whole, yeah, I'm being driven mad by the years and years of monotony of living through millennia.
2: Yeah, they're like, "No, we're going to we're going to be tongue in cheek about it. They're used to this. They're prepared for it."
0: Well, that, and like, he's been like, you know, living for you know, thousands of, thousands of years taking care of somebody else that he's had absolutely no time for himself. So he's like, "Yeah, I can't drink, put her to sleep for a week. I I need a break."
1: Which I mean, fair.
2: Which I also love that I love the relationship between Gil and Thena. Like it's something that's not really hard to, them, but it's totally just a platonic friendship of they care their family for each other. There is no romantic There's there's more
1: sexual tension between Richard Madden and Angelina Jolie than there is between Gil and Fina by the end of the movie.
2: I feel I've never mentioned it yet, but going into this movie, I totally thought Angelina Jolie was going to be the main character with how they promoted her in this.
1: this I thought she was going to be a cameo. And apparently that's what she had originally signed up for. And then when she met with Chloe Zhao and was told, like, what this character was going to mean to this, this, uh this film she's like oh yeah no let's do it i'm, I'm going all in and now she's presumably going to have a, a i don't know how long for but she's going to have a role in the mcu moving forward so let me yeah. see I mean, how that
2: much, no. the way this movie ends she's pretty much the leader so
1: we'll one see. of the leaders
2: well, we, we, we don't really know what's happened to the other group anyway. I have an idea. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise, Let me If you know, you know. Damn it. I also just love how much this is hurting, Mitch. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> I'm doing better at controlling myself and not just going off on tangents in these episodes. Other Would than you... this one that I went off on right now, okay?
2: Look, I'm just happy we didn't start with the end credits <laughs> again.
1: I Progress. caught myself because I was this close.
2: It's we close. have a really bad habit, by the way, of like anytime we talk Marvel, to talk about the cliffhanger first.
1: Um, that's fair. the most. That's the most fun about all of this stuff is the wider the implications. Theory. But we'll we'll move on. We'll move on.
2: If you want more theories, check out our weekly shows where we talk about theories about like whatever the show is we're talking about right now. It's Boba
1: Fett. Boba Fett anyway. now, and then it's gonna be the rest of behind the attraction, and then it'll be a I'm week or two week. off, Moon like, uh, night, and then it's gonna. Then oh man, Marvel's I can't after wait.
2: that, then whatever Marvels after that, then whatever Marvels. after No, that. no, I think
1: we're gonna get Kenobi before we get She-Hulk, but we'll see. Anyway, Kenobi's gonna be their big summer series for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyways, uh, yeah. So they decide. Okay, we gotta get Druid. We gotta get Druid in on those. Like things did not end well with Druig. Uh We then get the flashback to them breaking up, or somewhere, and we forgot the flashback
1: to them. We we up. talked about it. Let's just go but to. But it was Druig's it was Druid
2: being angry yeah. and grumpy, and I really love that they're like oh we're kind of setting this up like druid might be the bad guy here he's in black and red everything says based off of what we know this guy is evil he's not evil based off
1: what we know from the comics he is not a good guy
2: no he is not i mean but also sprite is like horribly evil in the comics so
1: honestly we're gonna get to that with my theories about sprite
2: um (laughs) sprite like kills all the eternals at one point um
0: You go,
2: Sprite. It's kind of impressive, honestly, that the like, the illusionist does that. Um, anyways, they go to Druig, and Druig has built this village. Um, I love this that he's like, this was the place that we were last all together. Like Druig, I- like doing his own thing, but clearly still sentimental.
0: I love that it's also the, it's like Bermuda completely kind of, you know, setting up the idea of there's, there's a reason for the Bermuda Triangle, all these disappearances, all these like lapses of memory. It's like no, anybody that goes in there pretty much just gets brought into the House of Druid and that's all it is. I thought it was yeah. such a clever way to set that up and just to kind of give like a, uh, here's an MCU, uh, you know, explanation for the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, it's really funny
2: also Druig and just in general in the scene it's just like yes go off man go off on these guys mm-hmm. it's like yeah Druig is not gonna help him of like dude you like first off I was right to heck with all of you
1: yeah pretty much <laughs> uh-huh.
2: it's just it's it's great we um, get a little bit of things here a little more stuff happening here other than you know just general character development for Druig
1: they get together, they, t- they get Drug really caught up. There's that great moment where Cersei's phone rings and it's Dane Whitman. And I don't know if, you, uh, did you guys both see this in theaters before it came to Disney Plus? Or did you wait until mm-hmm. it came to Disney Plus? I saw it th- in theaters, yeah. Did y'all have the, the thing before? I'm, I'm sure you did, Matt, because we're, you know, the Canadian kids. I don't know if the uh, American chains did the same thing, but there was like the silence your cell phone thing before the movie started. And at least in my showing, it was that scene. And it's like, oh, God damn it. And then it's like, don't forget to turn off your phone. We didn't have that, no. but
0: we did get a no. turn off your phone thing.
1: Oh, we totally had that. And it was that scene from Eternals. And I thought that was great.
0: Oh, no, that definitely didn't happen to me. That's, that's so interesting. <laughs>
1: that's weird. Yeah.
2: But yeah, she talks to, uh, she talks to him. Kit. Is like, hey, uh, reach out to your uncle that you keep meaning to reach out to. No reason. Just do oh, it. Oh, no big deal.
0: Yeah. This won't be important.
2: Uh, I mean,
1: the no, big reason she's... is to set up future stuff, but we'll get there. No, the big reason is because the world's ending. Well, I know, but we also get, like, if you know, you know who <laughs> his uncle is and where that whole thing goes.
2: Again, this is one of those moments of, like, I, I mentioned of like how Cloja was not very much as, like, not doing the Cheeky Marvel thing. This is so much the Cheeky Marvel thing, but the best they've ever done it of, like, we know you know. And we're just going to make you get mad at us We're going to make you wait. Um, I mean, even the like, the end credits is a make you wait thing. Um, In the best way. They eventually, at some point, the deviants show up and they attack, uh, mm-hmm. and we get this awesome fight scene. Um, all of them working together. Eventually, like all, Drury, like having all of the villagers attack the one. Um, not really going to go through like every beat of the plot thing, but the two big things that come out of this fight is Gil dies. Uh, we watch the deviant like suck his, the life force out of him, uh, and then like morph into human oh humanoid God. form. The crow becomes crow. Really becomes crow here.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever actually say his
2: name. By the they way, they don't. The which is one of no, the
1: things of like what they they did. The, they did all of this setup only to kill this character without implying any of the implications of who this character might be or what their motivations. I mean, we kind of get a sense of their motivations, but ultimately it was. The character was there as a red herring, which is kind of disappointing.
0: I also love this, this entire fight, especially for, like, Gil goes down not because he loses the fight. He goes down trying to protect Athena in that moment. Like, it's not like, uh, oh, he lost the battle to the demon. It's like, no, he, he knew what he was doing when he wouldn't move.
2: Yeah, we get, we get a couple of sacrifices throughout this movie. And this was the, this was the powerful one. This was, like, this is, I'm sacrificing myself for somebody else. Which is part of the reason I hate the uh, the other one later on in this movie. Fair enough. Um, Let's get to it. Anyways, they go. He dies. Um, a deviant's attacking. Cersei turns it into a tree. This tree looks like it should be in Bloodborne. Right. Um, it's it's horrifying. I hate it so much. Well, and it's it's
1: a surprise to everyone. Because like, Cersei's never been able to do that. And it's kind of the first indication that... As the leader with this sphere thing that she has, she has the ability to tap into more celestial energies than she could have before um before getting that from Ajax.
2: Yeah. Um anyways, they all get together. Uh oh, also while this is happening, we get the uh the Sprite loves Icarus scene between Sprite and uh Kingo.
1: I love the whole, the, the Peter Pan Peter analogy Pan. is it li- it's literally perfect
2: perfect yeah i mean even to the point of like in the original um peter pan like book like peter sacrifices lost boys for his cause like it's down to the letter perfect um mm-hmm. side note go read the original writings of uh peter pan it's really good um in, in typical you know disney fairytale fashion Mm -hmm. little more messed up than you're probably expecting because of Disney. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The Disney version ain't the OG version. That's for sure.
2: And then go watch once upon a time, the Peter Pan season. Okay. I'm done. Um, We, at this point they're like, okay, we have, uh, we have almost everybody. We need a way to stop your Let's go. Let's go talk to, uh, let's go talk to Faustus. Um, Druig's like, good luck. He's pretty much given up on humanity cut to hiroshima <laughs>
1: yeah this this movie went places like, yeah. we already know festus is not really messed this. up from providing like spears and guns and then we get this and just the implications of his involvement with the bombing of hiroshima is just
2: yeah it's like, he wasn't directly involved but he blames himself because he gave them technology, technology that advanced to that point and I love this yeah, versus him in, like, the past when he's, like, building the engine thousands of years before it's needed.
0: Yeah. This to me really felt like, I don't know, for me, I, I what I took away from that scene was that he was somehow involved in the making of this bomb. Like, this to me felt like him again so starting to, like, stepping in a way that he probably shouldn't have, like, he wanted to with the engine. And then it spiraled way out of control. Um, and, like, the entire scene here with, with him and Ajak uh, is so beautifully shot and put together while also being so dreadful and harrowing the entire time that this, that the scene is going on. Um, yeah it was just it was so again, I never expected the scene coming into this movie you No, know, like you could have given me a hundred different guesses about things that would have gone where the movie would have gone never would have been thought. Of.
2: Yeah, it was when they cut to it it's like oh sh- wait, that's that year that place oh dear God. <laughs> It's just, it's one of those moments of like we have these great like reveals through text throughout the MCU of like the five years later in Endgame, or this this one especially it's just it's so well done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, anyways, we go we see uh we see his house we see his kid we see his husband. Uh, this kid is just adorable. He's like, "Hey, you're Superman, and I don't have a cape. <laughs> I don't wear a cape," <laughs> and just. Fastus just reaching just desperately trying to stop this and failing miserably. Yep. Mhm. It's a it's I love it so much and we get a little bit more of that at the end of this movie which is absolutely even more hilarious one of my favorite jokes in the entire uh, movie when he's like you get your uh you know your babysitting privileges are revoked forever.
1: Honestly every everything that uh this actor does is just is so good i'm i'm every scene we get of festus in this movie is just out of this world Yep, yeah,
0: especially in that in, la, in that last fight it's just like to think that he would be the one to go up against icarus in such a fundamental way so also kicks his ass
1: mm-hmm. yeah go techie <laughs> um i think i, that's I, I part think of those I rise it. up yeah
2: um yeah, we get these we had a couple of fun tongue-in-cheek moments of here of like, I refuse to use my powers anymore, and Icarus just blasts the doors. It's like, oh yeah, you're not using your powers. Look like someone's using their powers. Um, and that scene the from idea. the
1: trailer that gets ruined. Dude, he that joke the would have been table. so
2: good if we didn't hear it a thousand times.
1: Yup. Sure. I get the idea of them marketing it though, because I think everything else has kind of leaned into this being a much more thoughtful Marvel movie, as opposed to having those that those moments of comedic levity. So I think they needed something. I just wish it wasn't that.
0: Also, a lot of the other humor in this movie was very contextual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is- that that joke is an easy throwaway one that they can flip into a trailer, and it like it doesn't really ruin anything for you. But then, like, you need to really know what's going on, otherwise, it just doesn't land as well. Yep. Yeah.
2: So uh, eventually, he joins them after some goading from his husband. I love this moment of like you know what my mom would say quit procrastinating goddammit! yeah
1: <laughs> and all of us procrastinators heard that and you know it's felt like, that ch- a chill go down our spines like, walked no, out
0: of that cool. movie right away i have I to ignore this. that i feel attacked
2: i'm <laughs> watching this movie to procrastinate right now <laughs>
1: no 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 we were watching it for content god damn it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah sure <laughs> I totally didn't have other things I needed to be doing when I was watching this movie. Yeah, this isn't uh, totally an
1: excuse to just watch more stuff on Disney+, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, they all get together. We have this awesome moment of them going to uh, to the Domo. Um, I forget the songs playing here, but it's just so damn good. Um, if you know, you know. They get on the Domo, and we see that Makari's been there. She's like, Are we- oh, so we're finally going home. Well, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs>
0: This scene confused me a little bit because I was like, this thing looked like way underground. How's she been getting in and out? Like, I guess there's another entrance somewhere, but like, how has she been in and out of this thing, feeling all this shit? And like, there's like a bag of chips on the floor and stuff. I'm like, very underground. Whatever. Let's continue on.
2: Yeah. It was, it was great. I also just want to shout out Macari for like some of the most interesting like visuals for a speedster.
1: I'm glad they did something different than we've seen from Quicksilver, both in the MCU and the Fox universe, and that we've seen from The Flash, both in uh, the DCEU and the TV stuff, which we won't really talk about, because it looks like No more slow-mo. No more slow-mo. Honestly, them doing we'll get to the fight scene and what I thought about the CG there, and Where budget might have been skipped on a little bit, but I think like there's that one moment of running around the world that was really cool. But like combat didn't look so great. I'm hoping any future appearances of this character, they can invest a little more in the uh, speedster tech. But it still looked really good.
2: Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. a moment in that fight where she's like throwing um, Icarus, and it's like we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we'll get to it. They're all talking. They're trying to figure out a way to um essentially boost one of their powers to put. Uh, Tiamat, the that is the name of the eternal. It's gonna be bursting out of the earth, by the way. Uh, they're gonna put Tiamat to sleep, um, but they're like, "Hey, we might need to come up with a backup plan if Juri fails." Just a just a thought. Like
1: I love too. We got the uh, Festus like, yeah, we can create this thing that I've dubbed the Unimind, and King just like, "That's a stupid ass name. Brainstorm. Now that's a name. It's like I came up with it. It's gonna be the goddamn Unimind, okay?"
2: Which frankly, it's I love so the Unimind.
1: It's so comic booky. Like, I get it. It.
0: it really is. And Brainstorm isn't? I mean, not. it's not as bad. Unimind you know, is, like, very... It feels like very, like, golden age. Like, it's very, like, old school comic-y name. Yeah. Like it's
1: like... Like, 50s, 60s, like... Yeah. So which is, is perfect for the I Eternals. Yeah. Bullet.
2: Is that is perfect for the Eternals, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um... Anyways, yeah, they're gonna build the Unimind. Uh, he's putting it all together. This is kind of when we get the flip of Icarus, mm-hmm. uh, where he kind of like walks away. We get that flashback to him killing. Hey, uh, Jack. Ajac. Yeah. This is a bummer. So, man, movies like this really never make me never want to visit uh, Alaska. Just say
1: <laughs> you got stuff like this. You got stuff like the Wolverine. Like nothing it's makes like- you want to go to Alaska
2: like i don't think anything good happens in alaska now thanks marvel
1: i'm still very much tempted i was for the longest time thinking oh you know what would be great is to do an alaskan disney cruise because there'd be less kids on that and then i also thought yeah getting onto a boat with a whole bunch of people where you're in a confined space that allows viruses to (laughs) fester probably not a great business plan shock
2: it's shocking that cruises still exist to be
1: such a good time on cruises when i was a kid like we like our our family vacations every other year we'd go on a trip and a bunch of those were cruises just so we could see we went on the first one and it was like okay we'll find an island we like and then we'll go back and vacation there. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then we enjoyed the cruise experience so much, we just kept doing that. But I remember incidences of, like, I got sunstroke and threw up in the middle of a room. Like, I remember getting violently ill on another trip. It's like, yeah, these things are not good when it comes to not getting sick.
2: I went on one and instantly got sick. Like, Mm -hmm. the first day. I was like, okay, I don't
1: don't ever need to. It might be better now with everyone being much more hypersensitive to their own personal hygiene but
2: maybe anyways Eternals. yeah <laughs> um yeah they're building the unimine uh we kind of get this flip um with kingo kingo's like we have this moment of like hey he says the thing i follow you um it's just it's been increasingly obvious that icarus does not want to go along with his plan um so then he attacks them, um uh, destroying all of um all of Faustus's, uh
1: progress, basically,
2: yeah, yeah, on the Unimind. which really makes me wonder how his powers work. But we never that we're never gonna get the answer to that. Um, nope. He attacks all of them uh, while Makari's running around the globe. She gets back, so, like I found where it was. They're like, "Get out of here! You are uh-huh. going to die if you stay here." Um, we get a moment then of like of um Icarus being like, "I will." I'm not going to kill you here, but if you try to go along with this, I will kill you. Um, he starts to take off. At which point, Sprite is like, let me come with you, please. He mm-hmm. follows along
1: in suit. Someone comes back into the room and they just do this weird butterfly effect around them. I forget who it was. Of like, someone walks in the room having no idea what was going on. It might have been Druid.
0: Athena. Athena comes oh, in. Oh, was Athena. Yeah, Yeah. Th- Athena Th- comes in, yeah, after they leave. She, she would have wrecked like, him if he had tried
1: anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're all like, well, shit, uh, this is where we get the argument of whether or not they should be doing this again. And Kingo decides, hey, I'm not, I'm not being a part of this. Like, I don't think we should be doing this.
1: I would have really loved if um, Karun had, like, I understand their relationship because it is, you know, superhero valet. So he can't really influence him in that way but i would have loved a scene from Karun here of just like trying to convince him no like humanity is worth saving and you deciding to be a non-combatant could be the difference between this world living and thriving in this world going to going to crab
2: it's funny I I think to th- we're gonna get that i think we're gonna get more of that in, in the next in whatever's next
0: i hope so i'm really curious because like i i'm actually happy we didn't get a scene like that just because i feel like that just demonstrates their relationship. Like, they, like, because, they, I mean, he's been his Valley for, like, what, 50 years, or something, like, yeah. like, an absurd amount of time. And it's just kind of, like, he knows he's not going to convince him. He knows that Kingo is that very, sense, actually, very yeah. much kind of, like, ingrained in the way that he thinks. And, like, he's not going to change for anyone, which is also why he doesn't show up in the final fight and also why he doesn't try and fight them. He's like, I believe in my beliefs, and they are what guide me, and I'm not going to try and change you. And I feel like it's almost like a, you know, Karuna, sadly, almost like accepts his fate at that point because he's like, I'm not going to convince him otherwise. So I'm just going to go back with him and live as I've been living, right? Like I I really appreciated that scene just because it was like, they know each other. Their relationship is what it's going to be and like that, that kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah, I guess his kind of reluctance in this scene is very reminiscent of, and if you haven't, go and check out Don't Look Up on Netflix, the new film from Adam McKay, because it's almost that kind of level of acceptance of like, yeah, I'm going to die today. It's so hey, heartbreaking.
2: Yeah. Let's get a coffee. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's this whole moment is great, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It really goes to like, honestly, what I really should like write out my thoughts on this movie and put it into a written form because my words will, like just speaking on this podcast will not do it justice for like the more heavier topics that this movie really gets into mm-hmm. um, We the team does decide to go along with it they are going to use the Inamide. Um they're just going to use they're going to create it from the weird golden ball thing that's in <laughs> Cersei or we never get a name neck. for that by the way that thing never gets a name
1: no, but it shows up again after this, which is even weirder because I thought they decomposed this thing to make it into these, but whatever.
2: It, it doesn't show back up. Theirs doesn't show back up.
1: I thought it mm-hmm. was the same.
2: It's, it's the same thing. It just it wasn't theirs.
1: It was his it's, instead it's, of. Yeah. Well, OK. We'll there, I we'll wasn't there. sure there.
2: Um, we had this really great moment between um, Athena and Cersei. As well, by the way, I just want to mm-hmm. shout out the scene of like it's so good, and then also her just messing with Faustus like, don't kill her. <laughs> He's like, god damn it. Uh, yeah, they eventually create the Unimind, they all suit up. It's dope, suit up scenes are always wonderful. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go to this volcano in the Indian Ocean. Uh, we see Icarus and Sprite chilling. Uh, man, Icarus takes off to stop them. He crashes the ship. is like, come on, man. This ship was cool. You did All right. Need Festus, to do this. Festus
1: can fix it. It's fine. Well, yeah, he will.
2: Fine, I know. It's still disappointing.
1: <laughs> um,
2: he should send the ship. Uh, goes in there. Only Athena is there. Athena just starts kicking his butt.
1: The thing, too, though, with him shooting down the ship, it's like he's just trying to slow them down, he doesn't want to kill them. Mm -hmm. you see this reluctance from him even here. And that becomes more prominent as we get further into this fight. But it's, it's a weird way to end this movie. Honestly, I feel like there were other endings written and this wasn't the original pitch. And it, it, it almost feels too formulaic with how intriguing the rest of the movie was to be like, Oh yeah. The guy you thought was a good guy is actually the bad guy. Now everybody fight.
2: That's not even the part that hurts me that upsets me the most, but we'll get there.
0: I know. The, the um the thing that I really love about this fight is how much like the like non-combative character like combative characters are actually really good in the fight. Like you, know, like the support or tech characters um are actually really deadly even like from you know um fast was being the kind of big obvious one but also like Sprite's way that she uses to kind of slow down surfing and stuff like they Make a really good use case of a lot of these characters' powers outside of just the, you know, let's punch and kick each other. Like I, I, I loved the fight just because of how creative it was.
2: Yeah, the, how you unique really a... individual
1: skills were, and how they kind of, even though they seem to originally when they had their full crew, you know, there's the combatants, and then there's the support powers, yeah. and that that very much that line is gone by the time this final battle hits because they throw everything they possibly can at Icarus to try and stop him to give Cersei enough time or Druig and then Cersei enough time to do what they gotta do.
2: It's really mm-hmm. awesome, especially when looking at it like earlier in the movie and especially in the flashbacks of no, there's a hard line between these two. Like the other yeah. five don't even see the battlefield. They don't even show up until the battle is over. Yeah. It's, just, it's so good. Um anyways yeah we get these two groups. Uh there is Druig who goes up uh, Druig, um Cersei and who was the person? Was it Macari with him? Macari, Macari, yeah. with him. They go and they Assume. immediately start Assume. to do the Assume. Unimind. Um, mm-hmm. And we learn that, oh, yeah, Theodore wasn't trying to uh, beat Icarus. She was just stalling him. And Druig starts to put Tiamat to sleep until he is um, hit, until Icarus realizes what's going on, goes, grabs him, and just th- throws him at the air and just throws him right back down.
0: Just. Absolutely I still, like that. sorry, god. Yeah, that gave me, like, what was it, uh, in Civil War, when Hawkeye just, like, dominates, or was it Wanda at that point, that just, like, sends vision, just, like, through, whose Vision, oh, it was Wanda at that Wanda point, just, like, core. sends vision, it just threw the floor, I was like, oh my god, I got flatbacks to that scene, because it's just, like, he just gets wrecked, like, he's, he's gone.
1: I still don't understand how the Unimine works. Is it like if you have one of the bracelets, then you can tap into the power of the Celestial and the other Eternals, or do you have to be wearing one to be a part of the Unumind? Because like Icarus and Sprite also get pulled into it later, so and it Icarus makes no is, sense.
2: Icarus and Sprite only get pulled into it because of Tiamat.
1: Yeah, because of TM. Okay. There's two
0: different like Unuminds. The original one is the one oh. like before Tiamat even starts to kind of wake up, and then you have the second Unumind of when TM is starting, and that's when takes over the Oh, all that okay. kind of so There's like two different yeah. Unaminds happening. One because of the bracelets, one because of it's actually waking up. You can
1: yeah. see why people and were they're... confused by this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's really confusing
0: <laughs> yeah. and weird. Yeah.
1: And look, this like, is I, like I this it might have been like the rings that Festus was using to restrain Icarus or something, but it's just, it's all over the place. Which would have been a really, really cool plot point. Yeah, that's where I thought they were going. Um, no, this is, this is
2: classic, classic Marvel falling apart in the third act. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and like, I hate it. I hate to say it, but it's true. It's confusing and weird, and they they expect a little too much suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um. Anyways, they go. Drake obviously fails. They all fight. Um, Icarus. At one which point, um, our boy Crow shows up. And we get a fight between him and Thena, like they very, very quickly just throw him into this cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we get this wonderful, beautiful f- moment of this this fight with him, and the genuine, like, just anger at him for being like, "Yeah, I'm Gilgamesh. No, you're, no, you're, you're not. No. You are not him. He was funny. You're not." <laughs> <laughs> they fight him. Oh yeah, like we mentioned, uh, fastest kicks. His ass kicks out, curses his ass. We get those a little bit of iffy graphics from the Makari fighting him here.
1: Yeah, Uh, there was there was some iffy CG work in some of the scene, but then also like the emergence of Tiamat is really friggin' cool. So like, you can kind of see where a budget went, and it was into salaries and maybe that bit.
2: They do this great thing with the uh, the celestials where you never see a full celestial. You always see just like their head on the horizon.
1: Uh, No, we do definitely see a full celestial by the end of it, but we'll get there.
2: I mean, yeah, Yeah. but like I'm talking like from
1: Earth. Oh, from Earth, yeah. yeah. yeah, Well, just the scale doesn't work. And I feel like it's just setting up like Galactus eventually of like, yeah, this thing is going to look ominous from a distance for a while.
0: I also really, like, while this is a little... I agree that it's a little bit wonky with the car scene specifically. I also just... I really do love her section of this fight just because of how... Like, I was wondering, I was like, how are they really going to stand up to each other? Because in a lot of other media, especially with, like, you know, Superman stuff, like, they just kind of end the fight before it really starts. But it just really shows that, like, while I do think Icarus was slightly like, holding back, just the way that she used her powers to get at him with, like, the sonic boom punches and kind of, like, keeping him, like, off his feet the entire time. I, I love this fight. I think she's... Like, she... She shows how why she like, you know, she can handle him if she really needed to. Yeah, we have like this
2: group of the Eternals that are like kind of more trickster y between mm-hmm. like her Druig and um Sprite. It's like, oh yeah, she is she is a genius when it comes to this stuff. Like she knows how to control her powers ridiculously well.
0: Yeah. Also, very quickly, I I wanted to mention this because like the scene when Druig gets us like absolutely manhandled um I was doing some research into Makari's actress and how like she like never uses her voice like ever 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 um and it wasn't until I think she was on like uh like she was in a play and they kind of were like listen they would really kind of make the moment bigger and she's like very incredibly selective about when she actually uses her voice and like hearing her just like Like scream when Druid gets tossed was just such an emotionally impactful moment in the movie, but also like knowing about the act like how how careful she is about when she uses her voice just adds so much weight to that scene, it's just ah so good.
2: Yeah, it you felt the emotion behind that. It was so Mm -hmm. so amazing. Um anyway, Uh, something
1: interesting, just I was just bored and looked into the character a little bit. Did you know she shares a birthday with fellow MCU stars, Michael Rooker and Paul Rudd? Did not know
2: that. I didn't even know that Michael Rooker and Paul Rudd shared a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> now you know.
1: You're welcome.
2: The more you know, I guess. Um, anyways, at this point, let's just cut over to Cersei. That's more important. And frankly, kind of plot-wise, more interesting stuff. She's going to uh, stop it. At which point, she sees Ajax on the hill being like, you can't do this. Immediately, she's like, "Sprite, is this the best you can do?" Yeah, game? fuck off. Yeah. And then she gets stabbed. Fuck
1: off. <laughs> Very reminiscent of another trickster in another movie we don't typically talk about. In Loki stabbing Thor in uh, Thor: The Dark World.
2: This is like Loki's move—is the disappearing and then stabbing people in the back.
1: They're gonna get along if they ever meet. But if Sprite has I her powers, which.
2: Even if they don't, does. even if she doesn't have her powers, they would still get along far too well, and it would be great.
1: They'll figure yeah. out a way to give her her powers if they really wanted to.
2: Yeah. Anyways, we get this moment, like, Sprite kind of starts to monologue. And then gets knocked out by Druid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Druid's like, yeah, uh, I can't do this. It's on you. Deal with it. <laughs> I'll take care of her. Um. At which point, we... Very conveniently, Tiamat kind of starts to come out of the ground, and all the ground gets replaced by this giant golden hand, which, I'm not going to lie, like, when we're watching this movie, I forgot Tiamat was golden. Like, Mm -hmm. my brain just automatically just assumes that beautiful white marble.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't relate those, but I mean, by the end of it, I can see where you could do that.
2: Yeah. And maybe it's just because of when I think about this movie, I think a lot about the ending and like the implications of whatnot and yada 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 anyways. She decides to do the thing. She's doing it. It's going pretty well. She's starting to use the unimind. Um all of this is freaking out. We get Icarus finally breaks those bonds that uh this put on him. And he goes off and he's going and he is going to kill Cersei but he cannot bring himself to do it. He loves her. fucking hate this plot line. Um,
0: I was literally sitting Love there overcomes at that all. point. I was like sitting there, I was like, man, Icarus, this guy can just fuck off right into the sun. And then, and then
1: he does. Then Not he quite yet. Does. First he gets pulled into the Unimind. she's yeah. able to use her transmutation powers to turn Tiamat to marble. And then he fucks off into the sun
2: he okay. says he's sorry she doesn't respond it's a respond and then she he leaves oh she does she's oh, like no, she oh it's
0: okay that. she's like it's okay and then he's like into okay. the sun
1: okay well he can't live with the idea that he did this so he I've chooses to kill to himself
0: it. but i've been holding
2: it. on to it all yeah. for freaking episode
1: us, i griffin. hate it's this trope so him. goddamn much yeah the thing i is, hate it the thing is griffin he's not dead
2: uh, um, first off, yeah, of course he's not. But I he's hate not. the thing of like, oh, this bad guy turns good. Can't live with the fucking consequences. I'm just gonna kill myself.
1: Honestly, though, like the whole the idea in the comics is the Eternals are continuously reborn. Like they don't survive the destruction of these worlds. They just they just take spin a up a new body. Robot. Yeah, and throw it on a domo, um, and but send them off to this, another planet. So this.
2: Icarus in this entire movie is wildly frustrating to me. That this part being a lot of it. But also that most of his storyline comes from irrequited love. Yeah. Of Cersei has moved on. She might still have some feelings for you, but none of this is fair. None of what he does throughout this movie is fair. And then just to end it with the most shitty of, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself because I can't handle guilt, just hurts. That is, it's such a black mark to me on this entire movie with so much interesting character development
1: like there's so much like, potential like, to just like mm-hmm. him collapsing and maybe the family you know helps rehabilitate him or something but
0: I, I there's I another way they could have gone with this
1: for sure
0: yeah I completely would have understood if he just left first like if he's just like fuck it I'm out and like you know he's just gonna go off into the stars or whatever to find Eric to do whatever else but to have him just be like no I'm literally going to you know land my namesake here, and fly straight into the sun. Like, whatever. Like, that'll be a good way. And, like, I really hope I really hope what we don't get out of this is that this whole, like, you know, we'll get Icarus 2.0 in whatever, you know, potential sequel we get here. Oh, he's and it better won't be man. until Yeah, well, honestly, I I... I see what I'm worried about is them being like, oh no, he doesn't remember anything that happened on Earth. He doesn't remember what he quote unquote learned. And it won't be until they kind of get all their memories back from their path lives that he's gonna be like, Oh, I'm good again now, or whatever it is. Like I just I really hope we don't see Icarus again. I, I like I don't his think arc we will. I do. I like his arc movie in the movie Fine Enough until the ending. His kind of, you know, the whole love thing and him kind of, you know, coming to terms with it all and whatever else. Like in the scope of the movie i was fine with it up until he just flies it literally into the sun i just don't want to see him, for him. i'm good like i i i don't I, i'm not curious it's also like power set wise we start getting into he's kind of you know shakier territory yeah he is i just i don't want he's just he yeah.
2: is superman like that his powers yeah. are just superman he, mean, like i make the joke of like he looks exactly like sebastian stan but he does like it is it is uncanny it is scary he looks so much like a very prominent actor already in the MCU. His characters are that of the most, one of the most prominent characters of Marvel's direct competitor.
1: Not to mention, his character sucks. Well, have you heard these rumors? There are rumors around um, Henry Cavill and, and ben, ben Affleck athlete, yeah. getting, being cast in the MCU. And one of the roles people are speculating for Henry Cavill is attention. hyperion
2: oh that's even oh bigger. my god which that's is just better. like
1: it's so on the nose superman that
2: i would be so okay have you heard of the by ce- that have you heard of the Sentry?
0: Yeah. i was gonna say at least make him Sentry. at least there's Sentry would work too yeah uh, Sentry would be so funny.
1: More, right i honestly He's thought just... adam warlock before we had will polter cast but also
2: i would really love hyperion and like the uh the i think it's the agents or something like whatever the us team is in the current of marvel comics they are literally just the justice league yeah like that's the joke yeah
1: Yeah. and And i think that'd be great if somehow they got ben affleck and henry cavill for that and it would just be so on the nose if these are just superman and batman-esque characters yeah Um, but i honestly like i i don't think you cast an actor like richard madden or like salma hayek to have this be a one-off. I think they're both back in some form. And like I said, the Eternals, the whole thing is the, the death and rebirth of these characters is infinite based on the needs of the Celestials. They'll be back. I don't know how or when. Maybe it is Secret Wars. Maybe it's something else. But they, they will return, for sure. And I like that at the end of the movie, when we get through all the, the end credits and everything, it does say Eternals will return. It doesn't say which ones. I yeah, think they're I back. I think they come back at some are. point in some capacity.
2: I also think that the world forge is going to get destroyed, but that's just me
0: theorizing. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get like a direct kernels two. Unfortunately, no, I, I, think I don't really think we don't. get that. I think what we're going to do is get these kind of like siphoned off teams kind of coming together, or you know what I mean, or like we kind of have them break up a little bit and have like you know. Cersei side of it show up somewhere, and then you know Athena side somewhere else. I don't know if we're going to get like a direct Eternals two. As much as I would love Chloe Zhao to kind of step back in and and you know help a second uh, sequel to this, given the critical reception, I just don't know if we're going to get it.
2: I thought Eternals was already getting a sequel.
1: I don't think anything's been confirmed, and I think I honestly think the next yeah. I. I I do think we'll get into our speculation, but this movie is setting up secret wars. There are rumors that the Russo brothers will come back to the MCU to, to direct this, the secret wars film. It's going to happen. And that's where the eternal plot line is going to come back.
2: Yeah. I think the eternals are going to be a major part. We haven't even finished the movie. Let's finish the movie before we say, hey, yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Cause we're getting there. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost at two hours. <sighs> I'm trying to keep, we're we're only at an hour and a half. I thought we were like an hour 40. My bad. No, Keep um, going. No, so, I'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as I can. Uh, Tiamat is all made of marble now. Everyone's everyone's good. Everyone's happy. Icarus is Do dead. Do you think
1: he's dead, or did that just put him into some other state of dormancy?
2: I think, I think he has to be dead. Yeah, I think They made too to much of There's... a point of saying this kills Tiamat for Tiamat yeah. to not be dead. All right.
0: And also, just, like, him coming out will essentially end all of her. I don't I don't see any other kind of plot line for that.
1: Multiverse, they go to Earth 616 anyways, or something,
2: I don't know Anyways, guys, I want to wrap this movie um, Yeah, 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 sorry They all do these things, uh, we get this wonderful moment of like, Sprite, we forgive you, we can make you human It's, it's like kind of a punishment, kind of a, hey, th- we know this is what you wanted, this is what you've been struggling with mm-hmm. We give it to you, Sprites get turned into a human, possibly still ours superpowers, we don't actually know whether or not that's true and they all kind of have their moments of wrapping things up. Thena, Druig, and Makari are going to go look for the other Eternals throughout the universe. Uh, we get this wonderful moment of um, all of them at the farm in uh, South Dakota, mm-hmm. um, and where Festus
1: and his family have moved from Chicago to South Dakota.
2: I thought they were there just fixing the ship
0: and just saying, "Yeah, Why? that's what I that's what I got from it too." He but said maybe.
1: Some, He said something about farming or something. There was a line in there. Yeah.
0: It doesn't
2: matter for now. No. Um, no, because he doesn't stay there very long. But what's great, is, the best part about this is just Fina handing his kid a orange at the end of her spear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your babysitting privileges are permanently revoked.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they take off into the stars.
1: Oh, before um, we get there, um, Cersei says, oh, there's a little bit of celestial energy left. Sprite, do you want to be human? Yeah, we did. Uh, that. We, yeah. We through and that. then we did. Huh? We Said that, did we? I hit that, yeah. I hit yeah, that. Uh, my bad,
2: <laughs> I got good. I remember, my bad. I didn't skip very important plot point.
1: <laughs> I missed it. My bad. Uh,
2: meanwhile, um, Cersei is saying goodbye to um, to Sprite. Uh, and Sprite Kingo. is going off with Kingo. We get, um, uh, but she's thinking about it. I'm saying that it's like Sprite's addicted, like she's going to with Kingo. She's gonna to go to a family. She's gonna actually be in school. Be a kid. Um, we get this gr- as a great normal moment. human
1: with no powers. This great moment
2: of Kingo sees Kit. It's like he's cuter in person. <laughs> yeah, That's okay. the most big brother energy right there. Uh, I, I, like, I, I am going to put like fun at your relationship
1: with, with Sprite becoming human. Like her powers are gone. That in the comics yeah, when so. Sprite uses the Unimind to basically erase everyone's memories and make them think that they're human. Um, Sprite doesn't have powers or doesn't exhibit any powers and willingly allows Azuras to kill him in the comics. Um, Character Sprite being uh, having gender changed between different iterations in the comics and then ultimately being female in the film. But there's like, again, it's that whole thing of like Sprite could die and then, okay, here's another Sprite that has all of Sprite's abilities because they're infinite. I, they're, they're eternal I characters. Even if the body goes, they're still around. Like I don't I, get it.
2: I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're crazy enough to do that. Anyway,
1: they were crazy enough to make an Eternals movie. They're crazy enough to bring these we'll characters back. We'll get there. Back. We have end credits
2: scenes. We're, we're, we're at the end of the movie. Damn it. Mm-hmm. We're doing it again. Um, we get this do moment of them, them going off and doing their thing. And we get this very touching moment between Kit and Cersei. Of like no more secrets anymore. Like we're happy. We don't know what's next. We're gonna be together. Um, just as Kit's about to say, like, "Hey, uh, there's there." I actually have some secrets I need to tell you about my family. Erishem shows up out of fucking nowhere. <laughs>
0: this, yeah, they they it's done the fucked the- up. This moment for me is one of the few times in the MCU where I was legit like terrified watching it. I think like this and then Infinity War when they when they you know they have the initial kind of touchdown and Iron Man and Doctor Strange have the fight in New York. They're the moment there where it's like you see it just in the life of a normal person and it is terrifying. Yeah, it fun. is the most oh sh- goddamn
2: like what is about to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh yeah, at which point Cersei um, Cersei Felsteath and Kingo just get yoinked. From the earth up to him or Sam. It's like I'm going to let Earth live for now. Or but I'm going to judge humanity based off of your memories. Yep. And cut to the credits. <laughs> uh let's hit the mid credits scene first. Um Makari, and Druid are on uh, meet uh Eros. Thanos' brother, also known as Starfox. And the wonderful, amazing Pip the Troll. Uh love Pip. I love that. At this this
1: this point, this is the third MCU role for Patton Oswalt? Yeah, I think so. Well, I know. Well, technically, like, like, five different roles in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they were all ancestors of one another. And then we got MODOK. Yeah. Well, no, there were brothers. There were grandparents. Remember, there was time travel. It was weird.
2: I still haven't watched the time travel
1: season. I'll get there.
2: I am on the fear Alternate universe weirdness right now. Yeah, got that. uh, So good. (laughs) Um, No, I loved this. I'm still pissed this got spoiled for me.
1: Me too.
0: I'm really curious because now of how they've set up the Eternals, I really wonder how they're going to make this whole brother of Thanos thing work because, like, obviously they're not going to be actual blood siblings, right? Like, there's no reason for it with, you know... I am curious to see how they're going to kind of spin this. Well, Thanos is a deviant. Like that is
2: comics canon. Comics canon, yeah. I wonder if And and, going and to
1: here that. he does say he's the prince of Titan, so at some point Eros was on Titan. Maybe yes. one of them was adopted into a family and they are That's brothers or maybe with maybe Thanos is an eternal with the deviant gene and that means that Thanos can come back too? Again, Which, they're not
2: coming back. I don't think they're, they're coming,
1: coming back. They're coming back, goddammit. The World Forge exists, they're coming back. <laughs>
2: Um, no, let's talk about this, though. This was the first time that I was like, actually, like, I love Harry Styles in this role. I think it's going to do great. Y'all, I need you to calm the fuck down a little bit.
1: <laughs> okay? This was the first moment. Like, my sister, I went and saw this with my sister and some uh, my mom and some friends. And this was the moment my sister turned me in and like, I didn't enjoy that. But Harry Styles is in it? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I
2: love it. I love this for the folks that loved it. But I got text messages freaking out about Harry Styles being in the MCU a week before this movie came out. Like, I was on Twitter and literally saw a tweet of, like, I didn't get to hear a word he said in the credits scene because Harry Styles fans were screaming behind me.
1: My my problem with this, and this getting spoiled for me as well, is it didn't get spoiled. Like, I didn't know what role he was playing. I didn't know where he was showing up in the movie. But all I got was the day that critics were able to see the movie and gave their initial impressions, Eternals Mm. was trending. And then Twitter loves to do this thing where underneath it says trending also with, and it was trending with Harry Styles. And I'm like, there's no reason for this to be the case unless there's a cameo. God damn it, they spoiled the cameo. It was the thing of like,
2: I love it. And again, I think he's going to do great. And I love him in the MCU. But there is, it is, you do not spoil the mid-credits scene. You do not spoil anything That could possibly be the end credit scene. People know this.
1: You all know this. Stop doing it. All Marvel has to do is stop casting known actors in these mid credit scenes and use unknown actors. Or just have your director a week after the movie comes out spoil who the voice, the ominous voice is in the mid credit scene. Or or in this case, the end credit scene. Griffin, back to you. Or also just pull
2: a Contessa DeValentate again. Because that was done very well. I was trying and, to set you up for the end credits Anyways, scene. the end credits. Oh. I just wanted to say that. Like, you can do it without everyone knowing. Anyways, All right. um, just to frustrate it a little bit more. Yeah, the end credits scene. Uh, we get this awesome moment of Dane opening this box in Latin. It says, death is my reward. And we see this very, very Dark Souls-looking sword with this awesome with this wrap around it. And as he goes to touch it, it kind of adjusts and changes with him.
1: Like we, it, like reaches out to him. It wants him to take this sword so bad. And the
2: all the music just starts to get like into like a screeching noise, and then we just hear him. someone say, "I'm not sure you're ready for that, Mister Whitman," or "I'm not sure it's time for that," or whatever it was. And then cut to black. It's Blade. It's, it's played? Blade.
1: Oh my god, we're getting Midnight Suns in the I'll MCU, be. and I'm for it. Let's go. Hell yeah,
2: we are. I was not expecting to see like to have any trace of him this quickly.
1: That's not who I thought it was originally. When we I saw it, it was... I'm like, "Oh, maybe that was Sam Jackson or something," and they're setting up something for I Secret Invasion. Yeah. That's what and I then Chloe well. Zhao confirmed it. I'm like, "All right, great. It's Mahershala Ali. Let's fucking go."
2: It's like and now yep. that now when I watch that trailer or watch that scene, I can't hear anyone else. It is no. so clearly him. Yeah. But when we first heard it, I was like,
0: "Who did that possibly be?" Well, because like we've seen and heard nothing from blade not from like concept art or anything else so it feels like so early for them to be you know teasing him already um which i mean like i'm really curious to see when we're actually going to get anything blade related because like i would assume that he's going to show up before his movie we can probably do that fit now um yeah like, i know when blade. he's going to show
1: up we're going to see blade and moon knight
0: you really think so we're going to see, we see there's blade.
1: going to be some connection between the moon knight series and what's going on with Dane Whitman, Blade? Presumably, Werewolf by Night, which has also been teased as well. Maybe there's a Ghost Rider in there at some point, whether that be Robbie Reyes or Johnny Storm or uh, Johnny Blaze. Uh-huh. I'm so ready for this so, side of the MCU to kind of take getting take into over.
2: the um, the spoilery predictions of what's in the future and whatnot. We kind of have a few different, like, kind of major storylines developing yeah. throughout the MCU right now. We got Secret Invasion. We've got Young Avengers coming. God damn, Young Avengers is so clearly coming, and it's frustrating to
1: me. We've got space uh, we, in we got, some got, form. There's lots of space, space stuff, the celestial stuff, mm-hmm,
2: cosmic. Mm-hmm. But we have this supernatural world that yep, they're yep. really starting to flesh out, and I really think Blade is what's going to be holding it all together. I think. I think
1: so. I, I think we'll get a little bit more of a tease from Moon Knight because there's going to be some connection between that character and that side of the MCU, or maybe this lower, like, you know, ground level New York based hero vigilante stuff that we got a tease of with the Hawkeye series and and with Spider Man. Um, but honestly, I don't think it's bl- if Blade is what's holding it together. What's going to blow the doors wide open is Multiverse of Madness. Because we've seen the trailer for Moon Knight with Ethan Hawke's character saying there's chaos inside you. We know in the comics that chaos magic is the origin of things like werewolves and vampires and all this madness. This supernatural side of the MCU gets blown wide open with uh, Multiverse of Madness in May, for sure. I think,
0: I, I think we're going to start to see it in Multiverse of Madness, but I don't think it's going to get blown well after that. I think we're starting to... I think like the probably the ending of whatever Doctor Strange 2 is going to be, I feel like we're going to start to see it, and then shit's gonna get really weird with like a full out Midnight Suns with whatever incarnation that's going to be.
2: I think we're gonna get a lot, a lot of knots in Multiverse yeah. of Madness. I think there was like, you know, I think it was like a fan being like, put Ghost Rider in Multiverse of Madness with Frankly, yes.
1: Bring Ghost now, do Rider you Do back. you want Johnny Blaze or do you want Robbie Reyes? No, I want if Robbie if, Reyes. Fuck Rob Johnny. Reyes, yeah. But I want so I want Johnny um, Blaze, just because the most recent ghostwriter we got was Robbie Reyes. Give me fucking, what's his name that I can't remember the name of now. Oh, God, I should have thought of this. Nicholas Nicholas Cage. No, well, no. I think Nicholas Cage does show up in Multiverse of Madness. But no, I want, um... What's his name from, uh... Death Stranding and The Walking Dead? Oh, Norman Uh, Reedus.
2: Norman Reedus.
1: Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus is, like, if they wanted to do Johnny Blaze in the MCU, it's gotta be Norman Reedus, right? Or maybe... What's his name from uh, Sons of Anarchy?
2: I don't watch Sons of anarchy. I just look like, when it comes down to it, like between the Nicolas Cage or Robbie Ray's argument, Robbie Ray's is a significantly more interesting character and a uh-huh. character that frankly makes a lot more sense in the MCU. It also is kind of sort of maybe already in the MCU depends oh, on so where I, I think, land with
1: agents of shield. Yeah. I think blade is closer than we think. I think there's this November 3rd, 2023 date that Marvel's left on their calendar and I think that's close enough to Halloween that we could see Blade next year. Could
2: be.
0: It very well could be. I also just, like, I don't know. I think, I'm really curious to see whether Midnight Suns is a, like, is that a show? Is that a series? Is that a movie? Like, where are they going to go with this? Cause you, would, I hope you, it's would, you I hope it's a series. Because you would think that it's going to be Knight. you know, it's going to be Blade. It's going to be possibly World by Night, depending on whatever there is that to- whatever it is that they're doing with that, because right now I think it's just like a one-shot that they're planning, they're like a, a one spectacle. And then I would assume they're going to use Doctor Strange as well, depending yeah. on where he's at.
2: So Doctor Strange is a member of the original Midnight Suns. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: What's interesting to me is Midnight Suns could also bring in characters like Punisher. Yep. And those sure. more street levels. I think the one that's going to be interesting to me, if we're tying this into Doctor Strange as well, is a character named David Hellstrom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is the son of the devil.
1: Who we've seen in the Hellstrom series, right? For Hulu.
2: Yeah, but we're not sure if that's canon or not.
0: Yeah. It it very well could be. I honestly
1: think Midnight Suns is a great mechanism. I've been saying since we got... Okay, spoilers for Spider Man No Way Home. If you haven't seen it, turn this off. Come back in like three to five minutes. This is your warning, Spider Man spoilers. I know it's not on Disney, not on Disney Plus yet. We did our episode, but I'm giving people enough time here to mute us for the next thirty seconds to a minute because I need to say Midnight Suns is the perfect vehicle for bringing Daredevil and Charlie Cox back into the MCU. I think it's far enough away from the other defender stuff and still gives them that connection to Moon Knight to some of these more street level heroes. And giving them something to do that's in this weird space. Mm-hmm.
2: I can see. I still think that they're going to bring him back, bring those characters back in through something related to the Marvel Knights. Personally, I just I think that's too big a name, too grand an idea to not use.
1: Yeah,
0: I kind of I really kind of want to see more of this division in the MCU because, like, I really do want the street level heroes. I want Spider Man. I want team up. Side, and I kind of want to see the supernatural stuff stay a little more segmented for now until we eventually get all of these things kind of coming together in a much bigger way. Um, that's why, but I, like, that's why I really lo-
2: like Moon Knight. It's like kind of this this back and forth between both like the street side and the supernatural side.
1: Yeah, of, he mm-hmm. does
2: both. But those are two separate personalities of Moon Knight. Like in case you didn't know, Moon Knight has mm-hmm. I think it's seven different personalities. He has multiple. Uh, I think disorder. it's
1: four. It think really depends on what run you're talking about. Maybe, yeah. Uh, um, but also, to go back earlier, Marvel's announced that they want to do a Halloween special for Disney+, Plus with no details released yet. But if that were to come out either this year or next year, there are hints based on the project actively searching for a Latino male actor in his 30s to star, that it would be in some way a, a vehicle for either Midnight Suns or Werewolf by Night. Robbie
2: Reyes, um, Robbie Reyes. Yeah.
1: It could very well be Robbie Reyes, but the, the rumors have been swirling for years about having Werewolf by Night be in the MCU. Kevin Smith has talked about a, po- a project that he pitched to Disney that got uh, turned down that would have featured, I think it was Howard the Duck and Werewolf by Night. Um, there's lots of really interesting ways they could use that character I, with what they're doing now. So.
2: Can I just say, I hope we get more Howard the Duck in the MCU. Why the hell like, We not. know he's there, and it's funny whenever he is there. Just don't remake the old, horrible Howard the Duck movie. Like, give us modern Howard the
1: Duck. I think they would. I don't think, you have, I don't think you have an actor like Seth Green involved if he's not also heavily involved in the writing process at some point. And they would do it justice, I feel.
2: So here's the, here's the let's, get, let's really have fun with this theorizing before we wrap this up. We're clearly, we're going to eventually see something like the Midnight Suns. We're going to see the supernatural side of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When do you think we see Man-Thing? Man-Thing is like, has been alluded to so much already in the MCU. Do you think we ever see Man-Thing?
0: I can see him being in like an, an episode of something like a Moon Knight or a Midnight Suns series. I don't know if they're ever going to really devote like an entire thing to him.
1: Yeah, I think he's a supporting character, character sure, but not, not in a starring yeah. vehicle.
2: With the with the change to uh, it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe being a multiverse now, I could really, really see the Man-Thing showing up. Like, he is so alluded to. He is one of those Nexus beings, like Scarlet Witch. Mark my words, Man-Thing might even pop up in Mul- Multiverse of Madness.
1: I think Multiverse of Madness would be a good vehicle to introduce the character, or at least for like use it as a way to hammer home the idea of the nexus beings and nexus events and all of this stuff that presumably we're going to get all the multiverse stuff colliding there. Loki is rumored to be in the show or in the movie. Um, There are rumors of a superior Iron Man showing up. Like there's, there's a lot of craziness that they're speculating here. We could see more like if somehow Multiverse of Madness has a scene of Chris Evans walking through a portal and he says, Flame on, I might die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is legitimately just me being interested, like with what with the the nexus of all realities and me being very much a comic book nerd of like there's these interesting things that just weirdly tie the Marvel multiverse together. I could really see them pulling something like Man Thing just being like oh yeah hey here's this horrifying looking creature it's like oh yeah like the multiverse is partially tied through him like it's it's one of those things of like it seems like an interesting way to go because it'd be something entirely different than what the mcu has significantly more horror like the rumor of multivision madness is going to be much more horror hmm I think all of this is just me wanting different from the MCU. And I think that's a really interesting way to go about it.
1: I think we've got a lot of that different MCU on the horizon with what we're seeing from Mm. moon Knight and it's exploration of mental health, but we'll get in a darker toned Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness. And honestly, what's most exciting to me is not knowing what's up after that. We've got blade and fantastic four announced with no dates or actors attached other than Mahershala Ali. We don't know much from Marvel for Disney plus after Miss Marvel. And the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, like we don't know what else they might announce for this year or subsequent years. And that's what's most exciting to me about all of this is there's so much for them to pull from at this point, especially with the properties they've got back and the idea that they've now introduced to a common to a mainstream audience that a multiverse is a thing and everyone loved Loki and they're gonna love Doctor Strange and it's gonna get weird and I'm all for it. I, and that's
0: what makes me so excited about the future of the MCU. Is that we are really moving into a territory now where we're going to see different iterations of different of the same character. We're going to see them get weird. We're going to see them get spooky. We're going to see them get cosmic. Like they're really setting themselves to do whatever it is that they want to do moving forward. And I'm I'm all for it. I can't wait to see. What comes.
2: Yeah, we might even see like Excalibur. Like, that is we saw, crazy.
1: We you saw know? Excalibur.
2: No, I'm talking about the, sorry, Excalibur the Blade. Excalibur yep. is also a superhero team in the A game. character,
1: yeah. Um, I was going to say, they, they show the Blade in the movie, but then it's different from the, the, uh, the, the Ebony team. Blade, whereas in the comics, I think they're the same Blade, so.
2: No, they're, they were oh, they're, like, the they're like
1: polar opposites, like they were made together, and there's a yes. whole history between the two mm-hmm. Blades or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, like, the, uh, the team called Excalibur, which I feel like I thought you have to be specific. Thanks Marvel. Uh, it's like this British like superhero team that included like the X-Men. It was like the X-Men, Captain Britain, a couple of Captain Britain's friends, and sure enough, Black Knight. And then they did I mean, all, then all I, all they became one of Alpha Flight. Just give me Alpha Flight. But here's the thing, they became multiverse hoppers. Um uh... Like we could see that in the MCU. It's mm-hmm. crazy that we can l- right. literally get anything.
1: Forget, yep. uh, forget Hyperion for Henry Cavill. Give me Henry Cavill as Captain Britain and I'll, like I can die happy.
0: That, that would, would be dope. Fun. That would be dope. All right, we could we could theorize all
2: the live long day, but we do got to wrap up this podcast eventually. Mm-hmm. Matt, thank you so
0: much for joining us. <laughs> this <two
1: hours. laughs> is a blast, dude. This was this was so fun this was
0: awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun with you guys and I'll definitely be back in the future. If you have me to talk more Marvel MC shenanigans.
1: Yeah. Would love other stuff? So, you want to come on to talk about frozen too. We can do that too. Whatever, whatever fits yeah, your yeah, fancy. I'm all
0: about, I'm all about
1: Disney.
0: <laughs> if people want to keep up with you, where can people find you? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter over at burnout underscore Matt. You can find me over on burnout writer, which is our, uh, over at YouTube to youtube.com so at Burn our Brother, where we talk video games, mental health, social justice. We have a new mental health series going right now where we're talking to a bunch of psychiatrists, um, doctors and clinicians about how to deal with some of the things that we deal with and you can also find me over on Yumi and Capri as part of the Playstation Driver, where we talk Playstation each and every
2: This is how people are professional when we give this we need to get way better at our plugs Mitch.
1: <laughs> Good enough
2: <laughs> Speaking of our plugs, where can people find us?
1: As I said earlier, you can find us all over the internet at D plus us. You can find Griffin over at Griffy D pad on Twitter. That's G R I F F I D P A D. Just like the controller. I am everywhere on the internet at Mr. Mitch George. That's M R Mitch George. Or you can find all of the links to my socials at MitchGeorge.com.
2: And remember folks, this is one of the two shows we do on Disney plus us. We also do a weekly Episode where we're talking about the different shows exclusive to Disney Plus. Right now, we are going through the Book of Boba Fett. But if you want other shows, we have a, uh, episodes up for every episode of Hawkeye, every episode of What If, as well as the first half of the seat of um what was that behind the
1: attraction so we are going to finish up the book of boba fett we are going to finish behind the attraction season one and then we will lead right into that sweet sweet moon night which will feature daredevil and blade Maybe we'll see i don't
2: everybody everybody's (laughs) in moon night now everybody's here but that's for the future we'll get there when we get there thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks if you've enjoyed this couple of hours. That's the that's why we do this show. Thank and you we enjoy so it. Yeah, we definitely had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much for listening and until next time. Have a magical